verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 263 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, March 28th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Kenna. And I'm Elijah. Did you miss us last week, Captains? We missed... You know you did. Yeah, we- <laughs> you know you did. You know you did. You missed us last week. We missed us last week. I did. That's true. I did, actually. And we missed, and we missed our Captains, too. Yes, we did. So, Elijah, what's in this week's episode? This week, we start off by trekking out what's happening with Star Trek on the big screen, small screen, and the fan screen. In Star Trek Online News, Season 11.5 has been announced with an epic trailer that Mark and Kenna dissect. Later, Kenna, Winters, and I sit down with Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. Then, Dr. Robert Hurt gives us this month's Astrometrics Report. And of course, before we wrap the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, we want to hear from you. Join in on the discussion via one of our social media channels. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can also leave a comment on our website, PriorityOnePodcast.com or even leave us a voicemail using SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage. It's free! Speaking of ways you can communicate with us, we've posted our very first listener survey on PriorityOnePodcast.com, and we would very much appreciate it if you would spare a few minutes of your day to help us better understand what you like or don't like about the show. With your responses, we can improve the quality of this production and make sure that we keep you actively engaged. And finally, thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, who make this show possible from week to week. With your help, we can keep improving the quality and content of the show. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out all about the cool perks we have to offer. Speaking of Patreon perks, this week we have a very special guest on Priority One After Hours. This unscripted, uncensored, and unedited recording is available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Now let's check out what's going on this week in the Star Trek universe. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. For any of you, well, let's face it, all of you, who are following the ongoing copyright infringement lawsuit between CBS Paramount and the producers of the fan film Axanar, we've had more details on exactly what elements of Star Trek the studios allege that Axanar has infringed upon. Now, it was a somewhat surprising move going into the details of all the elements, but perhaps not unexpected. This was all as a response to Axanar's response to the original lawsuit, both of which we've talked through before on this show. Now, there are a whopping 27 pages of alleged infringements, ranging from obvious ones such as Klingons and Vulcans in general, to the rather more obscure triangular medals on uniforms. 
Even the mood and theme of, quote, science fiction action adventure is one of the alleged infringements, with the complaint stating that, quote, the mood and theme of Star Trek as a science fiction action adventure first appeared in the original series episode The Cage and has appeared in all subsequent episodes of the original series and other derivative Star Trek copyrighted works, end quote. Other infringements include the main character, Garth of Izar, the Vulcan Saval, and a whole host of other named characters, Gold shirt uniforms, the names of several planets, the design of space docks, Federation and Starfleet logos, and even minor details that most of us take for granted, like stardates, dilithium, phasers, warp drive, and transporters. Even the Klingon language is mentioned. Now, on the one hand, the evidence here is pretty damning, since all of the elements mentioned are very clearly part of the Star Trek IP and are also very clearly key to the Axanar story. It's a shame, actually, because all of these elements being laid out is, in a way, a tribute to how thoroughly researched and faithful the Axanar project is to its source material. But likewise, that attention to detail may well be what causes the whole project to fall apart. Now, there's some interesting other tidbits in this revised copyright complaint as well. One of the defenses Axonar used was that the script wasn't yet finished, but there's a screenshot from their Facebook page with the, quote, fully revised and locked script, end quote, and that was back from August of last year. Interestingly, they also included a quote from the now infamous 1701 News interview with Alec Peters, where he said, quote, we violate CBS copyright less than any other fan film, end quote which this complaint interprets as an admission of guilt. Now, conspicuously absent from the revised complaint is any reference to any other fan-made production other than Alec Peter's quote, so that's still something we will be waiting to hear on. I'm really excited about what Axanar could or could have been. Um, you know, the, the story was solid. Uh, they certainly had the support of volunteers and whoever else they had on, bo on board, paid or unpaid. And Prelude to Axanar was fantastic. I mean, we were there at Vegas in 2014, you know, covering it, working with Alec Peters, and, and making sure that Star Trek fans got to see this production. Clearly, Axanar has done something to ruffle feathers over at CBS, enough so that they are, that CBS is coming after them. One of the sentiments or one of the, the fears that, that has been mentioned in several blogs and on Facebook and, and whatnot is that this could be the start of the end for fan fiction, uh, or fan films rather. Now, I don't know much about law. My guess is that maybe not. CBS has is within their rights to go after whomever they so choose. Maybe others like Continues or Star Trek Horizon, they'll be safe and, and CBS won't go after them. But clearly, they CBS is not going to drop this easily. And we'll just have to wait and see. <clears throat> My question is, where does the line get drawn for future productions? You know, if they're going to pick up on some and not the others, won't there have to be some predetermined line so people know that they're not going over? Or is it going to be this overhead, let's wait and see if we don't anger the overlords? That, you know, that's a great point, and I know that we've we've spoken about this before, is that you have Star Wars, for instance, that has a guideline for their fan fiction. You know, this is something that I think CBS and Paramount really should flesh out, really identify and outline what a fan production can and cannot do so that we don't, we're not living in fear. Those of us that are producing Star Trek-related things aren't kind of 
always looking over our shoulder to see if CBS is going to come knocking on our door. Whether you're a podcaster, whether you're a, a story writer, uh, literary writer rather, uh, whether you're a, a, a film producer, CBS should really consider following in the Star Wars footsteps by creating a guideline. Uh, hopefully this will, this will inspire them to do so, so that we aren't all living in fear. You know, and again, the unspoken rule has been you can't make money. You cannot turn a profit from these productions. That's been, from my understanding, just the general unspoken rule. You know, we have uh, a, a film that just came out, Star Trek Horizon, which, which had pretty, you know, excellent production value for, for being green screen, most of it. And we don't hear anything about CBS issuing a cease and desist on that yet. Now, it could be early. Maybe they're just, you know, going after people one at a time. But... The budget on, on Horizon was a fraction of what Axanar has been. You're right. They, there really should just be a, um, a go-to guide for labors of love that want to produce their fiction in the Star Trek universe. It's difficult because fan productions are really key in keeping a uh, fandom going, keeping the enthusiasm there, especially when there's a long break in production of um, quote-unquote canon um, productions, whether it's a film or a TV series, and it's kept, arguably, it's kept Star Trek going for a very long time. They, personally, I think they'd be silly to try and squash all fan productions, and in fact, they should encourage them. Um, but you know, we have talked before that uh, it's not they they have no requirement to to give anybody any guidelines. At the end of the day, they can look at a project and say, does that benefit our IP? yes or no and for whatever reason they can just say well it doesn't really fit in with our vision so we're going to ask them to stop and I don't think you know fans should expect any more from CBS and Paramount I think the only thing that fans can do if they want to make a fan production is really try and stay faithful to what the owners of the IP are are trying to do and if they can do that then I, I think they'd be fine yeah, but you don't think a guideline is is reasonable? I do. No, I do think a guideline is reasonable, but they don't have any. They don't have to do that. They may not have to do it because so far they haven't gone after anybody. But right now, you know, the 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 general consensus is that there is a fear that they could potentially this this conflict could potentially trickle down to several of the other fan produced pieces of art. Now, something I at the risk of of tapping into the political atmosphere going on in the United States right now. Les Moonves was quoted as, was discussing about how great Donald Trump has been for CBS. You know, that the ratings have shot up, they've made amazing profits, and blah, 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 blah. Now, whether or not you are Democrat or Republican or whatnot, there's something about his statement that, that scares me with, when it comes to the new Star Trek series. Because it doesn't matter to him what the future of our nation may be. Right? It doesn't really matter to him. It, as, it, it, what matters is ratings, and what matters is advertising, and what matters is the dollar signs. And he's already talking like that even with Star Trek, right? In one of his, one of his uh, presentations... You know, he talks about how Star Trek, and, and this leads into the next piece of, of, uh, of Trek It Out. He talks about how the new series has already been paid for up to 60% based on the announcement alone. So people heard that Star Trek was coming to CBS All Access and internationally all signed up. And that 
profit has already paid for has already paid 60% of the cost of this new series. So I'm starting to kind of get scared, right? I'm getting scared that 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 this new series is just going to be another JJ push even though we have some amazing people heading this project, right? We have some amazing showrunners and Rod Roddenberry is a producer. But when Les Moonves starts talking about, you know, how how it's all about the money, the money, the money, the money, I'm afraid that something is going to go wrong with this new series. Yeah, I, I, I think that you're probably overreacting because Les Moonves is the CEO of CBS, like all of CBS, isn't it? So obviously that's that's really all that he's going to I mean, he, he'll have a little bit of input into certain things. But, you know, we've already discussed how it's the all access team that is going to have production control over the new TV series. So really, as long as they're making their numbers, he's not going to be interfering in that. So there will be an emphasis on on ratings and on profits. But uh, creatively, I think that's probably not going to be an issue. But. Um, I see where you're kind of going with this. Do you do you think that um, part of this lawsuit is 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 just drumming up publicity? Oh, well, that's a know. good point. I mean, maybe. Well, no. I mean, I just wondered if that was the I, point you were trying to make with uh, with Donald Trump because well, we're not going to go into U.S. politics, no, the, but you know, no, 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 we're not. But go I mean, into US screen politics, time no, no, and column inches is clearly putting a lot of emphasis onto CBS, Paramount, Star Trek, the new series, the new film. It's column inches. No, my my concern, my concern is that you know, with with comments like what he made regarding the presidential race going on right now, and how little he really cares about the f- fundamentals and and morals. Um, that this could, in fact, affect how the Star Trek series is produced in some way, shape, or form. Um, and when he's already talking this early about, you know, the profits that he's seeing from CBS All Access just with Star Trek having been announced. I mean, that's great. That You know, that's great that the show's covered 60% already financially. But hopefully, hopefully the showrunners and the creative minds behind it won't be choked by this money-hungry machine. And honestly, I'm surprised that so many people have jumped on to CBS All Access already because personally, I was waiting to sign on when the show released. But now, I you know, maybe I might try that one week free trial to see what it's what it's worth and if it's worth the money for them to have already met the budget, you know, by 60% just on announcing it on, on CBS All Access. Um, makes me wonder if there's if people are are actually benefiting from signing up this early. Like, are there things on there that I don't know about? Well, I don't know. Is it is it that they're signing up to CBS All Access, or is this to do with licensing deals where they've sold it elsewhere? See, I thought it was licensing. No, deals. the quote the quote reads: We announced Star Trek, and internationally, we basically have covered sixty percent of the costs of the show already. To make up that other forty percent is not going to take a whole lot of subscriptions. And it says to the world that we are very serious about this. I gotcha. So basically, he's he's saying that they've covered a lot of the costs and it's not going to take much more in order to get to pay for the show. show. Hmm. And this is based on the subscriptions to CBS All Access. What made me think it was licenses is the fact they said internationally, because over here in the UK, we don't have CBS All Access. We're waiting for them to announce whatever international partner they have. So what it means to say about the licenses, who have they got in this end of the world who have already bought onto that? So we're not technically counting as licenses yeah. or subscriptions, sorry, yet. Yeah. Right. 
That's a good point. Yeah, and that could be a big difference over here because um, we talk about uh, Netflix and Amazon, the, the two big streaming services over here. But likewise, a lot of uh, the American shows, the big American shows, will come to something like Sky, which is the big um, satellite TV service, cable service. Um, so Game of Thrones was on Sky, Lost was on Sky. These are the big ones. I only say these because these are the ones that like used to be on Terrestrial and then got stolen by Sky because they're the ones with all the money. If I remember <laughs> correctly, Voyager was originally on Sky. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So, um, and they've got big money to throw around, so oh, they, they they could be they could be helping to cover quite a lot of that cost as well. So, well, so here's a community question. Have you, Captain, signed up for CBS All Access already in anticipation for the new Star Trek show? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast. Well, that's all we've got time to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Stowe News, where this week, Mark and I are talking about basically only one big story. Season 11.5 has finally been announced. Well, okay, first let me say that basically we were all completely wrong about the date. Well, those of us who gave a date. I gave a date, Winters. Yeah. So it's coming out on Tuesday, April 12th. And it will be called New Dawn Temporal Front. So, what can we expect in terms of new content? Now, we already know about the newly revamped skill system and the new Romulan Admiralty campaign. And it's also been announced that we will have a new strategist secondary specialization, which Mark will go into further in a little bit. The Future Proof story arc will also be continuing with the new featured episode Temporal Front. In this episode, captains will battle the Nakul as they try and travel through time to destroy the Federation. And finally, something that I think many players will have been waiting for for a while, Nakul Red Alerts. Now, we haven't had a new Red Alert since probably Delta Rising or before. And many of us would have liked to see some Iconian Red Alerts to really give us that feeling of being at war with the Iconians. Uh, But for whatever reason, they didn't make it into the last season. So these will be a really nice addition, and it will be great to have a new enemy faction to really get to grips with. So Cryptic have posted up the official trailer on their website, and we'll leave a link in the show notes. Now, as you know, I love a bit of rampant speculation, so let's just have a little discussion about some nuggets I noticed in the really rather short little video. So first up, na cool ships. Lots and lots of ships. And and cool ships. Like, na cool ships. You see? Where are the tickets? I, I, I love... No, I... <laughs> Seriously, though, I think they look really cool. I I think the reaction has kind of been mixed from players so far, but um, I think they look really neat. Um, Really new, sort of interesting design. And what I'm thinking is lockbox ships, admiralty cards. um, And I I don't know what their defining traits might be, um, but I would imagine there might be something in there about threat control, since that's very sort of like in fashion at the minute. Uh, maybe some other control powers. We've been moving away from that standard kind of pew pew DPS model and getting into some more um, 
complex strategic ship build, so I would expect something along that line. What do you think? Oh yeah, totally. If they're putting them in, if there's potential for them to be a lot blocks, the new part of the rep not the reputation, the skill system is the threat. Yeah, it's all going to make sense. Yeah, it sense. would kind of it, it would kind of work well together, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know enough about the background of the Nakul, so um, I, I can't say from from that point of view. But I would be surprised if it was just sort of um, the standard stuff. And I imagine in there we'll get some new weapons and um, all sorts. Yeah. Um, so uh, next up, Nimbus. So why are we on Nimbus? So if you uh, one of the parts of the video, you, you see somebody crouching on the uh, sort of the. Uh, the top of just above the Paradise Lost sign at Nimbus 3. Um, I wonder if this has something to do with the plot of Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Um, that's the one where at the beginning the Federation, Klingon and somebody else, um, ambassadors get kidnapped and then they all end up having to go and what is the, the galactic barrier and all that. It's, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the, the plot the, the, for that one always confuses me a little bit. Um, now, it's not necessarily considered one of the finest Star Trek films, but it is still a significant piece of canon. Um, I would be surprised if we started retreading former uh, Star Trek Online storyline. Um, I think that would be unnecessary. Um, so that's, I think, the prime candidate is some kind of reference to one of the previous Star Trek films. Yeah, that's all it's, I can think of. Maybe some kind mission kind of ties in mm. I don't know, something yeah, now uh, you have to do this bit Mark okay, <laughs> go on <laughs> no bloody A, B, C or D that's right, now the Enterprise, NCC 1701, no bloody A, B, C or D pops up right at the end of the trailer and it warps out pretty quickly and as far as I'm concerned it's the most exciting part of the whole trailer oh yeah, um, Ooh, sorry okay. cryptic <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, I, hashtag I, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, hashtag sorry, not sorry. I'm going to guess tier six Connie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I said that. Mm. No, I, to be fair, I would actually be impressed if that happened, but um, I'm not really holding my breath. However, if we're ever going to have a proper awesome sauce tier six constitution class, this year would be the year to do it. I should also mention that right at the very end, they tease with the date 5516. And um, thank you, by the way, Cryptic, for choosing a date that is totally unambiguous, yes, thank regardless you. of which side of the pond you're on. <laughs> yep. So it's May the 5th May or the May 5th. the 5th. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of exciting. And what is going to happen on May the 5th? Besides, right, what do you think? Um, well, there will be uh, mucho cervezas in my house. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> why not? But... Um, no, I think, oh, oh, in my wildest dreams, I would love for everybody to get a tier six Connie. <laughs> Connie's a go-go. Connie's everywhere. You get a Connie, and you, and get, a you Connie, get a Connie, and you get a tier six Connie. <laughs> That's probably not ever going to happen. I, I would love for Cryptic to be totally uh, philanthropic and give it as a gift and say thank you for all of the awesome players uh, I think more likely if there is a tier 6 Connie or a new Connie or whatever um, it will be something that you can purchase or maybe it's a new episode where you get to kind of hop into the original Enterprise I mean that might be a way around the very famous like they're not because they, that, that's such an iconic ship it's, it's a bit funny with the IP I'm not sure if they're allowed to update it um, so, you know, maybe that's an episode that 
you get to, you get to pilot one or something, or you get to fight alongside it. Maybe um, I, well, we've I, already done that. Yeah, and I, I think you can go bigger. Would, well, and it it would be odd to be announcing a different featured episode now. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, no, keep the focus on the new one. I just think it would be kind of odd. No, I'm thinking of when the time scales would fit in. You know, like, was it a four-week rotation on rewards? Would yeah. that not line up quite nicely? Yeah, but we haven't had that four-week rotation Maybe um, since last year. This. And we I don't think we will, because when the last time we talked to um, Steve Ricosa and Maria Rossa, they said that it was going to be a more, more stretched out content release so i don't i don't surprised. mean just like then forward i just mean it's like a one-off as part of like a double for the like an arc or something or something else special happening around that time i don't know it's weird because it's a really weird date as well because it doesn't really d- have anything to do with anything else unless so... you kind of want a one-up star wars and may the fourth uh... may the fourth be with you but sto strikes back no but then uh, that's already yeah I know. Um, it's yeah. I was going with something. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I need the crickets um, for myself. You do. <laughs> um, so the the gist of it is, I mean, it is a teaser. Who knows? Rampant speculation. Tell us what you think. Um, but let's move on to the the last little nugget that I wanted to discuss was this was something that's not strictly in the trailer, but. The Star Trek Online Twitter account, rather cryptically, if you see what I did there, uh, asked its followers, if you met the Guardian of Forever, the universe could open up to you. Where and when would you go? And the trailer is dotted with what looks like portals to show different aspects of the new season. And I personally am absolutely convinced we will see the Guardian sometime soon. Convinced. Oh, you're not the only one. I will wholeheartedly back you up on that one. Because otherwise, okay, because the, uh, the, the the Star Trek Online Twitter account, which is at Trek Online Game, if you're not already following them, they don't tend to release completely non-sequitur tweets. They don't really do that. It's always things that are related directly to a blog that's coming out or talking about maintenance or announcing a new season or something. Very, uh, I can't think of a time... Well, it, it, well, and sometimes they wish people happy birthday, like happy birthday William Shatner, for instance. But they don't tend to just randomly ask questions out of nowhere. So I think we will see the Guardian of Forever. Oh, just That's as my... a segue, since you mentioned birthdays, it was Zero's birthday um, what? during the week. What? Was it? Yeah. Oh, you should happy have seen birthday. The, they should have seen the picture she put up on Twitter. It was funny. Oh. <laughs> Saying she has friends who know her so well. Happy birthday. Hashtag fatty. That's on nice. A cake. Yeah, on that. With friends like these, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, that brings us to this week's community question. Did we miss any tidbits in the season 11.5 trailer? And what's your prediction for what's coming on the 5th of May? Um, and just before we move on to the, uh, the new specialization, I just want to mention... There's no mention at all here of a new reputation system, and that's significant. Um, I'm 50-50 on whether I really expect one. We've talked before about how the reputation system is getting kind of out of hand, but it would be an interesting and somewhat unusual move to launch a new season without one. Which is where I was going to say it's technically not a new season. It's a mid-season update. I don't think they've... Have they ever launched them on a point five? 
not sure. I can't sure. actually remember off the top of my head. You certainly <laughs> expect it with like season 11, season 12, but not necessarily with the point fives because you it think was we got Terran and then it yeah. was like Cody and Resistance yep. before that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So may so maybe that's it. Maybe that's not coming this se- this half season. When Resistance here, will we put bits in it? Oh, I know. <laughs> well, moving on to that new system. Are you a master of military action, planning, anticipation, issuing orders, or flowing gracefully in battle like a floaty, graceful battle thing? Do you want to catch them all? Specializations points that is, of course. This new secondary space specialization is launching with season 11.5 and comes packed with new abilities. First off, the blog that discussed this stated that it offers a selection of abilities that allow players to switch between offensive and defensive effects at will. Not only that, there will be a passive increase to your ship's maximum shield capacity, maybe making this a potentially popular secondary specialization indeed. At its core, this new secondary specialisation makes use of the new Threatening Stance ability also being launched as part of the Season 11.5 update with the skill revamp. Switching the stance on or off determines what effects are given. So when on, you get a defensive bonus when healed by others, and when off, an enhanced regeneration and offensive potential. The blog gives a few examples of this, but we've pulled one out just to give a brief example. For an extended view on this, we recommend you check out the blog as linked in our show notes or the system as it is in full testing state on the triple test server before it launches fully. It gives show of force as an ability with the threatening stance on, you increase incoming healing by 10% and with threatening stance off, you gain 2% critical hit severity for each foe you hit with energy weapons. This stacks up to 5 times. It does give an interesting spin and potentially more in choice to build. Ken, have you managed to look at any of this yet? Any thought? Uh, yeah, I have looked at it. I've kind of passed it over and um, that's mainly because I don't understand threat as much as I would like to, which is slightly embarrassing for me to say, but I know I do know that a lot of people are sort of moving towards the aggro tank type build, where, well, you have to be an aggro, you have to be an aggro tank if you're going to be a tank, and otherwise you just sit there quite happily tanking with nothing shooting at you um, but yeah, that's, that's becoming a really popular um, sort of style of play now. It's uh, it's not really my style of play. I'm really more the type of hey, nobody look at me. I'm just gonna shoot you from behind. That's kind of my da-da-da. that's kind of my style. Well, it always has been, to be fair. In all the RPGs, I tend to be like a ranged, like a hunter or something like that. So it's not it's not really my cup of tea. But I can see that a lot of people, particularly probably the high DPSers, are going to be looking at that, going, huh? Now that's something interesting to play with. Something new that could uh, shift around and give you some some viable good dps builds which that's damage per second by the way high damage builds high damage tanking builds um and in uh, using skills that are sort of native to your specialization rather than having to sort of piece it together from lots of different ship traits and personal traits and various other things so I, I think it's interesting I would love to see what people do with it but I probably am not going to make use of it I'll wait and see when it comes to holodeck what I really make use of it. I know there's a couple of fleet mates that I've had in the past who will absolutely love this as they normally say they throw themselves into the middle of battle and healing that's what teammates are for I suppose I don't I don't tend to play in teams as much I tend to do solo and pugs and I should do it more. It's just not really my style, to be honest. So, but I can see how 
using a strategist within a team could be a real, real big benefit. I'm looking at the, the difference between the threatening stance. I don't understand. I'm not familiar enough with what threatening stance is. So what what it stacks on top of the strategist specialization, um, I'm not that familiar with. But it, it sounds like that's kind of a focus that the development team is kind of working on. So basically where we're coming from is tech back with this after the 12th of April. And then we'll know what we're talking about more. Yeah. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online News, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. Yeah, there are no events. Well, except for the big one. So uh, just to recap, Season 11.5 is launching on the 12th of April. That's a Tuesday. Uh, As always, events like this are subject to change without notice. I mean, big ones don't usually, but uh, it still might happen. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online. And now, let's chat to Al Captain Gecko Rivera. Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization Sisko Alpha 1 Alpha. Logs accessed. Well, Captains, we are really pleased to welcome back to the show Al Captain Gecko Rivera, lead designer for Star Trek Online. Al, welcome back to the show. Hello, Kenna. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for coming on again. Uh, so it's it's been a few months since we last talked to you. I think it must have been around November of last year because I remember talking about candy corn. Candy corn. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I do remember the candy corn question. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, yes, it was around October, November. We were, I think, last I was on was talking about uh, new, uh, new Dawn. So right after, uh, yeah. So that's probably the last time I was on. Yeah, goodness. So we have had a few things that have happened between now and then. Um, but that's not really what we're here to talk about today, is it? I don't know what we're here to talk about today. Let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think Elijah has the first question for us. That's right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in on this interview a little bit. Although, I, admittedly, I haven't played the game in quite some time. And this is the first question I want to ask, right? Because Kenna and Mark went into great detail dissecting the new trailer for season 11.5 coming out very shortly. Now, for people like me, Al, who might be taking a quite long hiatus from the game, why is why is this a good time to come back? Well, uh, Elijah, it's always a good time to come back to Star Trek Online. Why is it a good time to come back to Star Trek Online now? Well, one of the one of the major things that that that'll be, that'll be good um, for new players and for old players, the new skill system, right? So um, that's it's it's, a, it's so we're starting all over with the skills. Uh, we've been working out really hard. It's been tripled for a long time. There's been a lot of positive feedback to that, so um, I think that's really going to change the game. It's going to change builds. It's going to it's going to have throw everyone back to the drawing board as far as like trying to get the get the best build and try to find the best, most optimal way to make their character. So that's uh, that's going to be exciting. And it is the 50th anniversary this year, and so we've been planning you know our story for the 50th for some time now since since uh, since before season 10. And you know we've been planting seeds of what's to come for for our you know our presentation of the 50th anniversary, our what you know the 50, how we're going to be representing the 50th anniversary in Star Trek Online. We've been planning that since since before last year. So we've been the story has been little by little moving in that direction to what's to come. That started with New Dawn and kind of going out and and and. Uh, a different tone in the game and then introducing characters like Caldano and time travel and now introducing 
with the anniversary, what happened in the anniversary events, and uh, he introduced the introduction of, uh, of that, those events with the temporal cords and uh, the Krenim and the Nakul. And now, if you've seen the trailer, now kind of seeing a perspective in the trailer, kind of you're seeing like through the eyes of the Nakul. They're kind of if what's going what's going on there. They're if you watch the trailer, it's like them looking into a time portal at all these different parts, all these different parts of the past in the Star Trek universe. And then you see them moving to this giant time portal. So if you remember Nakul, the Nakul are the are the uh, are from were introduced first on the TV show in, in Enterprise in season in season four of Enterprise. So um, which kind of, which which is where but that's where we first saw them. So we're building up to something. We're teasing to something, and and so this is we've been working a little by little to hopefully, which will be some really, really uh, something really, really special for the uh, for the fifty. Now we know that Star Trek Online is, of course, a licensed CBS product, and CBS has been doing a lot to promote a lot of its fiftieth uh, anniversary celebrations this year and going into two thousand seventeen. Have you shared this story with them? Are they as excited about it as you are? We've been working with CBS since uh, since last year. Um, when when the 50th anniversary came out, uh, uh, they came out to visit us uh, when, to come talk to share their plans with us and for us to share our plans with them. Um, so that way we could work with you know try, try to work as much as we can with their partners and and uh, and make sure that we can sync things up the right way. Um, making sure that everyone's on the same page and about branding and and all and all of that stuff. So yeah, we've been working with CBS for some time. They're a great partner. Um, they like working with us, uh, and um, so they have they still have even more plans coming out. They've got so they, they they're really going big. So um, I'll be going personally to the uh, Star Trek Experience, the Symphony, at the end of this month. So. So I'm really uh, actually I think that's this Tuesday. Matter of fact, I'm going to see that. So yeah, that's that's a great show. Hopefully, it'll be a great show. Hopefully, everyone gets to see that. So yeah, so they're they're on board. We've been working with them, and they've been working with us. And um, uh, you'll you'll uh, there's 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 a lot of great stuff to come this year. Awesome, that's very exciting. I'm I sadly I missed my chance to see the orchestra. It was playing at Madison Square Garden, but I was doing The Addams Family, uh-huh. and I even had my tickets and everything. Oh, you bought I your tickets? Cast. No, no. Yeah, I had bought my tickets and everything, uh, then I got cast in The Addams Family, and I wasn't able to go. Um, so, sad panda for me. Let me know how it is. I hope it's uh, I hope yeah, it's I've as good as it looks. I've heard nothing but good things about it. So, yeah. But listen, I am going to be the first graduate of Starfleet Academy. Are you, it's going to happen. I'm going to do it, man. Are you signed up? No, they haven't announced this. Oh, they haven't the, okay. signed up yet. But I'm, I'm totally going to do it. I will be there. He's got to have goals. <laughs> you know. Happening um, on the Intrepid Museum in New York City, so I'm excited. Yeah, that, that actually sounds like fun. I don't, I'm assuming they'll have one out here on the West Coast, so uh, I think I'll probably try to sign up for that, too. Are you going to go in uniform? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, why don't we talk some uh, some more stuff? What, you think? Well, <laughs> I, well I, I did actually just want to say, because um, earlier Mark and I went into great depth about our rampant speculation, as we always love on the show. Yeah. Um, so season 11.5 is coming up uh, the 12th of April. Is there anything that you could tell us that maybe hasn't been announced in the blog yet or in the trailer, or is it all very hush-hush? Oh, it's all very hush-hush. I, 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 nothing would make me happier than to, than to talk about 
talk about things that uh, that I know, but um, but no, that would just spoil the surprise. So uh, the only thing no, it I, wouldn't. <laughs> it absolutely would not spoil the surprise. Who, who said that? I think I think I heard that somewhere. Said, yeah, but if you tell me now, I'll be surprised now. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, just just that it's just another it's another step, and you know we'll be too uh, too too what we've got you know what we what we our big plans are coming out for for later this year um and um, you'll see a little bit of uh, uh if, if you i i i really can't i really can't say much other than kind of explaining like maybe some people just trying to understand what was going on with that trailer with the little images that were popping up and what you're kind mm-hmm. of seeing is is from the nakul's perspective what they're kind of scanning and looking back and if you've watched enterprise you know what the nakul did so um so just to, that's that's them kind of like looking at the timeline, right, and all different things. So so anyway, it's uh that's that's about all that that I that I care to share, um or or am able to share rather at this time. Is there any point even asking um what's going to happen on the fifth of May? Um no, I I better not say. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point in asking. I didn't think there would be. <laughs> uh, there was a glimmer of hope there. Um, but okay, fine. So uh, we've actually, you know, already done quite a job on on looking at season eleven point five. Um, isn't that Cinco de like... Isn't that Cinco de Mayo? Right? It is Cinco de Mayo. I, yeah. I, I just put that together. <laughs> That's yeah. just gonna just gonna be a big beer party. That's what. <laughs> yeah. <Nice>. Margaritas <laughs> para todo el mundo. Oh dear. So in preparation for this interview, we, we went out and we asked uh, the community uh, what questions that they would like us to ask you. And we've got quite a number of things and we kind of grouped them together. And hopefully um, you'll be able to uh, give us some insight on some things that they were interested in hearing about. I will do my best. Okay. So uh, first up, we've got a few questions about PVE cues, and this was a topic that we talked about on the show um, a couple weeks ago about uh, reinvigorating some older cues and and the, the special events like uh, the Into the Breach event, that sort of thing. Um, our first question comes from uh, Dark Knight UCF on the forums. Will there be new cues in development within the next six months, uh, both ground and space? Uh, yes, absolutely. There, there's always new cues in development, so um, you will certainly get some within uh, well before six months for both ground and space. And for that matter, the the Nakul red alert that was announced is effectively, you know, it's it's sort of a cue, right? It's just you just it's just you access it differently, but effectively it's a new space cue. So, um, but uh, one of the things that I heard you guys talking about, which I can talk a little bit about, is you know, we, we've been talking a little bit about what to do with the cues, and we keep adding more cues, more cues, more cues. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of content uh, out there, and so uh, you had mentioned, you know, there's just there's just sometimes there's just too many cues, and there are there's probably too many cues because um, you there are ones that you may want to play that you just can't access because inevitably players will will start picking their cues that they think are the most efficient um, uh, for yeah. their time investment, and that's yeah. and those are the ones that just get just get very popular. If it's too hard, or they think it doesn't pay off as much, then um, or it takes too long, they'll tend to go and do one that they that that the community as a whole has organically picked as we can efficiently do this one. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about different things to do with that. As a matter of fact, I was just talking with our content lead Charles on on Friday about a plan that we've talked about for a long time, figuring out what it would take to get it to happen. So. I think I've mentioned this before. What, what I what I what I really want to try is um, is putting our cues into rotation, 
And so what that means is um, um, that for any given time period, maybe it's for a day, maybe it's for three days, maybe it's for a week, I don't know what the time period would be, that mm -hmm. only some queues are available. That instead of what have we got, like 50 queues, that maybe there's only eight queues available at a time, one for each rep. Um, yeah. And so everyone can always progress their rep, but um, but every, there's only one there's only one queue to choose from. Now there's going to be a little bit of overlap because some queues offer multiple rewards, uh, multiple reward types for, for for queue. But then that means that some really good queues that maybe people don't play that are really interesting, like uh, like the uh, like the Alachi Ground Walker one, or the Alachi Ground Invasion, or the uh, um, or some of the Tholian one, the Tholian Ground ones, mm -hmm. or uh, bug hunts or 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 inspire or there's some of these that are actually pretty cool um, yeah. that but people just don't get around to because well I'm just going to play infected space or 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 I'm going to play bug disconnected um, yeah. and um, um, so we put them in rotation and so everyone gets to gets to focus on those cues so those cues will all get played and then and then we rotate them out after that I think it reduces the choice overload. And kind of focus everybody, and so everyone it won't, things won't get stale. Because what do you do? You come in and you're doing your, maybe you're doing your, uh, your maintenance. It's like okay, I got to do, I, I got to do more disconnected. I got to yeah. do the space. I'm going to do, I'm going to do uh, what, whatever, whatever the ones that are the most efficient. And I'm done. But this will just change it up a bit. I was going to ask. So I know we've had similar problems like this with even some of the featured episode reruns or things like that. What about instead of removing the cues or limiting them and, and releasing them on a scheduled cycle, what about scheduled prize enhancements or, or bonuses um, so that we have the option of the 50, but maybe on this particular weekend, the Alachi grant, you know, uh, maybe a different reputation reward or a bonus reward in some way yeah we've we talked about that we've been you know coined the term cues days where we're on every tuesday that we pick this this handful of cues that are doing like triple rewards or something like that i i uh i think that there's i think that there's merit to doing it that way i think i actually might do do a combination of both the reason why i you know one is more Okay, you've got a choice. This is all that's available right now. The other one is okay. We're just going to give you positive reinforcements to do this one. But I think that um, I think that might work, and it might be an easier way to a safer way to try it. But there's also just an overloaded amount of choice, and so a lot of choice can be bad, um, can cause choice overload. Um, and uh, I don't know if I'm not convinced that putting bonus rewards on a particular queue will actually draw people in to just check out that content just for that one time. I mean, we already have our lifting weekends and events work. They can be effective. Um, but uh, will people still play those cues? Maybe they'll play them once and then move off to the other things. I don't know. Maybe it's worth trying to see if it changes the numbers. Um, so uh, uh, it could be worth trying. So, so, so this sounds like a community question. So yeah. hold on. Hold on. What do you think would be the best way to uh, to modify our cues? Should we put cues onto uh, onto a onto a uh, a weekly rotation of limited cues, or should we put them keep them all and just have a large reward? Uh, send us your feedback to Priority One um, and incoming 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 at Priority One. There you go. <laughs> okay, no, but a serious question that has to do with this: how how with well with either of these systems, how would you handle I mean, 
I know that it's unofficial, but something like infected space advanced is used as a benchmark for parsing uh, DPS. And I know DPS isn't everything, and it's, it, it's that's a totally unofficial thing, um, but that is used as the DPS benchmark. Um, how how in your sort of manipulating or changing the cues would you be able to accommodate that that metagame that people are are you are constantly testing their their dps yeah because i think it would be very difficult to then have that dps standard if for some reason isa was off rotation for sure. that two week I mean, period that's an interesting question i Honestly, don't know if it would be a priority for us. I'll just be hmm. frank about it. It's it's a uh, it's it's not like an official uh, uh, supported feature that you know there we could say hey okay all the cues are available in triple so go ahead and go ahead and do your your DPS parsing on there um, if that if that was really important to the community I suppose we could do that but but you know. Part of what I'm trying to do is get people to stop playing infected space and try other yeah. things. So um, I don't if uh, you know a lot, uh, Elio's plan of just just leading it there, but but just increasing the rewards on 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 eight of them, you know, might mm. might be one way of doing it. We certainly could change it around the UI. But I don't know we're trying different things. We're thinking about different things. It's uh, I, I don't expect this to happen anytime too soon. But I, I would like to get to to make a change sometime this year. To uh, okay. to uh, bottom line is the way it is working right now. When you've got 50 cues and we just keep adding more every few months, that there's just too much. There's too much there, and there's too much good content that I think a lot of people haven't even tried yet. It's just because they can't get the cue to fire off. We've tried it very little, but, and there's this. There's I think that a lot of people would find it fun. Um, I think a lot of things what holds people back from some of these is is the is perhaps the risk to reward or the time to reward, and if right. we just and and when we make them featured and increase the rewards, I think people will be just just fine and happy to play them because it's like oh okay well, well sure I'm only getting 15 marks now and I'll play this it takes too long for two months oh you it's 45 marks sure that was a lot of fun changes the fun factor really fast so um, I think there's things we can do I just want I want to get people to 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 not only try different content but to, for people who want to play those content make it available to them. So. While we're on the topic of PvE, and again, coming from somebody who hasn't played the game in a long time, one of the things that I do still hear time and again is more exploration, more exploration. Uh, has the team thought about using or treating the PvEs like they do or like you did the, um, the Foundry, where instead of it just popping up on the UI, not only can it pop up on the UI, but you can fly up to it. And if you happen to be flying through a system... You get a pop-up like you would a foundry, and oh, let me join. Let me join this this PVE queue while I'm here. Oh, for the, for the queues itself. Yeah. You know, our, our queues used to be like that, right? Our our queues used to be used to used to fly up to Starbase 24 in order to actually actually play Starbase 24. Um, I, I don't know why we don't offer both options. I don't know if it really do anything. We, we you know, one of the interesting things about an MMO is that um, how much they've changed. Even ours, but just the the, the the genre as a whole, of having to the idea of like you have to fly somewhere to do something, and then you have to go you have to go to the community hub to do your crafting, to do your to do your maintenance, and uh, and then you have to travel here to do that, and and I think that makes a really good sense of space for an MMO. But then 
we start moving away towards that and more towards community. Yeah, you can craft anywhere, you can queue up anywhere, and just let people go and do the content, play the game that they want to play as far as travel, and ignore the, tra the travel time. Um, so, personally, I prefer the, pro the travel experience and, and feeling like I have, oh, I'm way out deep to space and I'm gonna, you know, it's going to be cost to go and do something. But I think the, the genre has moved away from that. Uh, and so so we that's why our queues went into a queue, and that's why they're called queues, right? Instead of instead of fleet actions or, or uh, uh, whatever they used to be called. Um, and so so now Starbase 24 is in the queue. Um, but the idea of having both options, I don't know. I, I guess we could do that. I um, I would be interesting to see if it had any effect if someone just rolled up to one. They still would have to queue up for it, though. So because yeah. you have to make sure you at least have you know four other players um, doing it. So I don't know. You fly up to one, you see it, you check it, and then you still have to wait. So I guess I guess we could we could we, uh, I guess we could talk about that. Uh, so that kind of leads us um, into more of the things that we were discussing about when we we're talking about the PVE queues. Um, so we've just finished the Into the Breach event. I I think it's fair to say even w within Priority 1 it was mixed reviews, but um, overall relatively successful. I heard your Have opinion, you got... Kenneth. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you did. Um, <laughs> are there any plans to do a similar thing with some other retired queues or existing queues that perhaps might just be converted into like a minor event? Uh, maybe. Um, I mean, I think the what we did with... Uh... Man, the breach is one of my favorite cues. I, I think it is. It was. It's just beautiful, and there's so much going on. But it was. It was kind of an experiment for us because people weren't playing it, and people saying, "Hey, I want it still in the queue." This is yeah, but no one's playing it. So, so we tried to see if we can do this to. to as, as, like I said, we're trying different things to get people to try different cues, and people yeah. people played it. They did, but I think the yeah. frustration was because it was so long. I think people with lots of alts got frustrated that they had, you know, as opposed to doing crystalline entity and just do that in five minutes, that they had yeah. to spend a long time to do it multiple times per day. Um, oh, I can or, vouch for that. Yeah, so... I've got 25 <laughs> tunes. <laughs> so, so I think maybe making a, a queue like that uh, as as an event, probably I, I can see the, see, the, see the frustration for it, but it still is a really good queue. We have more people playing it now than we ever did before. So, um... Will we uh, convert others? We, it, the, the main reason we converted that one was because we wanted to see if we had a good piece of content that we spent a lot of time on. We wanted to get people to try it. So let's try this, doing it this way. So like I said, we're trying, looking at different ways to try to get people to uh, uh, experience some of our lesser played but really good content. Um, I don't have anything in mind right now that we have nothing planned of any that we would take out and move, move into... Uh, an event, but um, I could definitely see us doing that again. That, that, okay. That's definitely I can see us doing again, but I think we've learned some lessons between the two very polarized types of gameplay between Crystalline Entity and The Breach. Very, very yeah. different styles of gameplay and trying to find what queue do we have that we can't afford to take out of rotation that might make a good event with the lessons we've learned from the two of those. Because I think crystalline energy is too fast. Frankly, I think it's too easy to win. To, uh, it's just uh, and and it's too it's too mindless. 
but I'm, I think people might like that. But, but I, I wouldn't say too mindless, but yeah. it is mindless. <laughs> it, well, uh, no, and I, I don't mean that. <laughs> God, that sounded really insulting and flippant. But it is, it is mindless. So for me personally, yeah. the way I play it. Um, for a daily event and I don't like a daily event to take away from my other gameplay where I would prefer to be doing story missions or whatever um, then I can quickly log in, do it um, and move on to something else so I prefer that and I think a lot of people do um, but then that kind of that kind of cheapens what you're doing <laughs> I, I think I think a good event is, is somewhere between the two where it's it's, it's bite sized it's Fun, you know, it's furious, but you can't play it on autopilot. You, you've got to engage because, uh, yeah. a little bit and, and and think. I mean, that's just true for any good content. So yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll rip out infected space and we'll put that as a as a, <gasps> an event once every once a year. <laughs> oh my god! Just do it. Oh. Just do Winters, it. Winters, we Community question: What do you think about us ripping out infected space? <laughs> Please send your please send your comments and complaints to Elijah at Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh the my! Forums explode. <laughs> oh dear! Someone's gonna take me seriously. Okay, so we've got a question from Orangitis, and he wants to know what will become of the elite STF accolades. Will there be accolades for other cues to interject life back into them? Do accolades inject life into cues? Well, no, what I will happen with the elite STF accolades? Some of them are tied to uh, costumes, I think. Or just, um... Yeah, there's some costume. Oh, you're talking I'm not about. Very... Yeah, yeah, I want to. I want to. I, I, uh, as far as like getting accolades to unlock costumes, I just assume put that all into the rabbit. I'm not sure why they're still any remaining in there. Um, as far as our accolades in general, I mean, our accolade system needs an overhaul. It's something that's been on our wish list for some time. Uh, I. I Hope that we could. We we're hoping to get to it this year. I don't know if we will, but um, uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced that throwing accolades into into a uh, uh, elite STF will actually be what needs to inject life into them. I don't think that's the that's the silver bullet. I don't even know that they needed to be life injected into them at all. But um, well, I think it's more. It's the issue that there are certain. Um the unlocks require a certain amount of elite completions. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not very up on it. Um, and be because where it used to be normal and elite, and now there's normal and advanced and only a few elites, yes. you can't complete those things. Whereas, you know, if it were, uh, if it were back to advanced, like it sort of like it used to be that same grading, then people would be able to complete those accolades and get those unlocks, um, and I, that might encourage people to do it a bit more. Well, I just would, I, I just assume put that put those unlocks in the, in the rep, but uh, um, yeah. and, and you know, elite cues are there for people who really just want to challenge. Um, yeah. And, and you know, you get the reward, you get the you get the um, the uh, you get the crafting mat that lets you build the uh, the better, the better upgrades, but I think they need to be better. We, 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 we have plans on trying to make those better. I don't think they're good enough uh, with the uh, right with the the ratio of research points to them. But um, but you know there there are there are players that can face roll through an elite queue, and there we just have a chance. We have it there for them for for them to enjoy that. Um, and it's certainly not a requirement for you to play an elite queue, but. 
I do want people to, to be able to get all the things that they want to earn. And so I, but that's the whole point of the rep. And, you know, some of those unlocks are just kind of legacy and just kind of got lost and forgotten and why they didn't get moved into the rep. So, so that's been one of the things that we keep forgetting to do, honestly. Um, so moving on to a couple of questions regarding crafting, uh, Squished on the forums, which is a great name, um, has asked, can we expect crafting and upgrade systems to be updated anytime soon? Um, yes and yes. So um, I want to improve the upgrade system. I think that we can do a little better for a cost to reward ratio on that. Uh, especially when it comes to reputation gear, the modifier is pretty expensive mm. for reputation gear yeah. based on base gear. Um, so I think we can improve that. By improving, I think we just make it cheaper. Um, and I think that either that or just make the same thing. We just give you more points for, for the given cost, six, six or a half dozen. Um, I think that we, you know, we have plans to add another crafting school. Um, I don't, I don't want to talk about what it is, but we do help on adding that. And, and I also do um, uh, have plans to add a a lot more unique recipes to all the crafting, uh, as well as the ability to, to craft individual mods, which is the number one thing that everybody wants, is to be able to pick the mods through crafting. Um, yeah. I do not have specific dates for this. There, these are, but these are these are really big things that. Last I heard, I think we wanted to get out by, by the end of the year, but we have a lot of things we want to get out by the end of the year, so um, I'm not sure. It's, it is, it is the, those are all high priorities for us. But these are things that are currently being worked on. They are not currently being worked on. They are currently being thought on. So okay. they're like, okay, you know, our, our schedule gets vaguer and vaguer as it goes out, so yeah. This is what we're. This is this is this is where we need to be in. You know, at the end of 2016, this is where we need to be at the end of 2017. We have plans for like story content out to 2018, right? So we have all these like and that and 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 so we have really really big tent poles. But as the the, the further out you go, it becomes a little grayer and grayer. And then like there's a list of like, hmm, what can we put in here? Well, we could we could do here we could do our our, our crafting update, or here we could do this really cool feature that that, that we want to do, or here we could do this PvP update, or here we could do this uh, this uh, whatever this uh, uh, you know exploration content that we talked about doing. So there's all these uh, there's all these big things, and then as we get closer, we know more, and then we say, oh, this story or this content really would gel really well if we did this system at the same time, um, right. and and so, oh, okay, and then all of a sudden the light bulb goes out. Okay, that's the one we're going to do this time. So it really changes as the further we go out. But it's one of those, uh, um, it's one of those like higher priority things that yeah, we we know we need to add, uh, um, continue to flesh out the crafting system, and we have some, uh, and we have some really good ideas on what we're going to do with it. Um, once we've gotten a green light, yes, it's on the schedule. We'll do it, and we'll go ahead and we'll flesh out the design. Kind of like we did with the skill revamp. Like skill revamp is a perfect example. Like yeah. we knew that we needed to update the skill revamp, right? And we and we know we wanted to do it. We knew we wanted to do it before before the fiftieth anniversary, but we didn't know exactly where it fell. We knew it was going to be a big task. We knew it was going to take months to complete. Um, and so we had some basic ideas about what it was. And all of a sudden, all the stars lined up. Just boom! It's going to be eleven five. We can do it. Like we were going to actually try to do it for uh, first for season eleven. And then it was going to be for the anniversary. And then we said, oh, it's just way too much. But 
season 11.5 doesn't have a lot of systems in it, let's just put it there. That would give us an extra couple weeks. And boom, we did it. And then we worked on the design. And uh, and then it just came out there. So those kind of things are, those targets move a little bit. Crafting is kind of like like the next one on our radar after the skill revamp. So like, okay, where can we fit this strategically? Um, and so I think you'll see it soon. Well, that's good news for me because I'm a big crafting fan. Good. Well, hopefully we can make something uh, 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 really, really build upon it and make it to make it more about what it was really, really meant to be. We talked a little bit earlier about uh, PVE exploration or enhancing the exploration experience in sector space. Um, Sun Franks uh, asked on the forums that they would like to know when they would be getting an exploration like what was seemed to have been hinted at at the New Dawn trailer uh, later in 2015. Uh, they write, seems we went from one war straight to, into another. I think being a game that's largely combat, there's always going to be a little bit of that moving from one, one fight to the next. Um, so, uh, but as far as to answer your question, I think that kind of dovetails into my previous answer in that that's, um, that's, that is uh, one of those big pieces that we have that has a lot of high priority. It's actually probably higher priority than than perhaps crafting, although it is much bigger to do than the kind of things we want to add to crafting. But I will tell you that we actually have a pretty good design actually already done for an exploration game. Um, it's not final, and it could turn into anything. It's designed just paper. It can change anything. So stuff that, that we want to do with it. So it's actually further along than most uh, want to have uh, systems, but it's a big system, um, and it, it's, it, we, don't, we, we don't want to release that as something that would be either too algorithmic or, you know, randomly generated crap, or at the same time being really good, but then perhaps be so small that it is not really exploration because it's just because it's too too controlled so it's a challenging task to actually make it feel like you're you know exploring strange new worlds boldly going seeing all these things that you haven't seen before um it's a big cost you imagine that right making aliens making other ships making different worlds how do you do all of that um in a cost-effective way so make it feel like you're really exploring that could be a whole game Right? You can make a whole game out of that. Like, you know, which one is it? Is it Elite Force or is it the Elite Dangerous or is it the other one? I can't remember. One, of them <laughs> no, completely, one is completely algorithmically generated that's yeah. endless and one is more handcrafted but, but still but big but not quite. I can't get to Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous. They are, I don't think of, it's Elite Dangerous. It's a, thir it's a third one. Um, okay. Star Citizen. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, one of them is like completely algorithmically generated, right? People so start on, on different forever. planets. It's, yeah. yeah. And so I mean, that's, I mean, take years to build something to feel like that. So how are we going to make that happen? I, I don't know. Um, I don't. Can we do something like that? Probably not. Probably nothing will never be as vast as what, what a whole game working four years on might do. But so um, anyway, I, I tend to babble. The long story short is... It is on our short list of great features that we want that we'll be adding soon, and I think that you should you should anticipate to see to see it soon. Does that come out before crafting? I don't know. We'll find out. Everybody, yeah. So everyone has the things that they want, and we want them all too. But that's the great thing about the MMO. We just keep they'll just keep adding more. There'll be something new and you were you know something new and interesting always around the horizon. So 
you know, with expiration, it requires some story. So we know that you might have actually had a new writer join the staff. How's that? How's that been going? How's that person been uh, acclimating to the new position? Yeah, we have we have a new writer on the staff. His name is Paul Reed. He's been on staff for a while now, four six months or so. He uh, so he he's a he's a lead he's he's well I say lead writer, but I mean we only have one writer on the staff. Uh, every all the content designers actually write. And uh, so he's been he's he's been doing our writing, and I mean he, he's written some blogs already. He's, he's you've already you've already experienced some of his writing in in the, in, uh, in the anniversary, and that might have been the was that the first thing that that might that he might have written. I don't remember if he wrote um, if he was responsible for anything in in New Dawn. But uh, yeah, he's a he's an experienced content designer as well. Um, so he's he's a little bit of a, more of a hybrid. While well, Christine was a pure writer. Uh, um, Paul is a writer and content designer, but he's basically working as our writer right now. And uh, so we're great to have him. He's a huge Star Trek fan. And um, uh, but like I said, our, our as you see, some of the blogs are, and, and a lot of the writing is actually done by our entire staff in general. But the job of the writer is to basically keep a cohesive story throughout everything that we do to maintain the characters and um, and maintain like the personalities. Like, well, this is not this. What 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 is Miralita like, and making sure that that that, that concept, what is her motivation, and what, and where where does she get brought in, and and how does she talk, and making sure that that's not inconsistent. And as we go forward with our story going forward now, so, you know, we, as we start introducing new characters and bringing back old characters, where where are they headed, and what's their what their plan is. So, um, while the uh, the you know the architect. I don't know what, the, what would be the equivalent in Hollywood as far as like a writer versus story creator. Like what we what we actually do, what the missions are going to be, what the villains are going to be, what the threats are going to be. That what comes from myself and the leads. So like like I already know what's going to be going to be uh, you know, going to come out for 2016 as well as 2017, 2018. I already, already have that architectured out. But the writer is largely writing the dialogue and making it come to life as well. And main, like I said, and maintaining maintaining consistency so um but i think you'll uh paul's also like i said uh, he's uh he's he's also a competent uh content designer so you'll actually even start seeing content created by him um uh, not in the near future but in the future he's actually you know, he's focusing more on writing but he's also getting his his feet wet in the editor so that way he can actually make his own content as well we'll have to get him on the show to introduce him to the community i think that would be a good idea speaking of uh content and story that's coming up in the next sort of well maybe not the next three years but maybe in the nearer future Uh, silicon psycho is asked on the forums uh, with the introduction of time travel as a significant plot point in the season 11 and 11.5 content so far are there any plans to visit the largely unused in-universe timeline between the end of the tos films i.e star trek 6 and tng between, oh, you so mean like the like the Excelsior error, right? Would that be would that be accurate? Between okay. between, I mean, that's when basically when Captain's, I mean, that's 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 what I was always hoping that they would you know make a movie or a TV show about, right? It would be about the journey of uh, Captain Sulu on the Excelsior. That's like kind of hmm. that's the end of uh, of undiscovered country is the Excelsior taking off. Like yeah. it's almost almost like okay, it's almost like a passing of the torch at the end of at the end of that movie. Where because you know the ship is the Enterprise is supposed to be decommissioned and there goes a big show. She's a big ship with a big captain, 
and so it's like the post twak era right um yeah that actually would be a great era to um to uh to explore and i really would would enjoy uh exploring that i actually would love making an entire game about that um because it's pretty open-ended but um i don't think that we would i don't think we would um i don't think that we would have some too much but in there but i definitely think that we want to explore um some of that time period because i think there's a lot of great stories to be told there Okay, well, uh, speaking of other content-related things that we uh, alluded to earlier about the Nakul Red Alerts, how are they going to be different from the Borg, Alachi, and Undine Red Alerts? This was a question that was asked by StoBG2015 on the forums. Um, that's kind of an open-ended question. I think that... Now, 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 now I feel a little stumped for a second, because I know we're, how to get into them is going to be slightly different, if I remember correctly. Um, but I think like Borg Red Alerts are like depending on their their per their per per region in sector about whether or not if one goes off you may not go off somewhere else and then so I, I I'm honestly I I apologize I don't remember exactly how it's triggered but as far as what the content is like I mean yeah. you're just gonna have to wait and see I mean I can't it's it's a there's there's a bunch of part of it's part of it is gonna be part of the story that will be revealed. Um, with this, with the with the featured episode that comes out with eleven five, but it's going to be about you're going to be fighting the cool, and it will be at different, you know, kind of different locations, and a red alert will go off, and he says, okay, let me go deal with that. You don't have to, you don't have to be next to the area, but you don't have to be in the queue, but it will put you in the queue, um, because you have to be with multiple people. So we don't want to trying to trying to fix those problems with some of the older red alerts where you go into one and be already over, be already over, right? So so we'll just force you to queue up. So I have the same time, but. Um, I really don't have too much to say about about that, other than you know you won't have that problem that we've had with older queues, but but the result of that is that you'll have to wait until four people are there to to load up. But like red alerts, it's just it'll just appear in the bottom right corner of your screen. It's like red, you know, a cool red alert. You click it and you'll zap into one. So. But it sounds like what you're saying is that the red alerts are going to be sort of complementary to the storyline that's going on. Yes, yes, it is it's definitely complementary to, 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 to the story that is going on. Yeah, I, uh, I know that you guys have mentioned it, and it's something that we wanted to do, but we didn't. We just we just couldn't make the time happen that we wanted a red alert for the Iconians, right? We wanted an Iconian red alert to show I think that. A lot of people wanted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did too. It just it, it couldn't make it happen. Too much, too much going on. There's a lot of story for the season ten, that and pretty pretty advanced content. So that really ate up all of our time for our content designers. So just couldn't make it happen. Okay, so Lord Steve One asks, would it be possible to revamp the ground battle zones like Defera and Nukara so they are more up to date and provide a decent alternative for ground endgame content? You know, I'd like to expand a little bit on this too, and not just for Defera and Nukara, but what other content in the game are you guys feeling could use a bit of a brush up or remastering? Well, the second part of that question is easier to answer than the first one. I definitely the the the, the next piece of content that I absolutely want to update is the is the Klingon uh, story progression, the um, like the the Fekiri arc and the the, the what is it? There's the uh, attacking the Federation arc. There's like there's two arcs in there that are still launch content. There's the last launch content in the game that I'm aware of. There's some, I think there's some red alerts that we probably want to rip out as well. I'm just going to rip those out probably. Um, 
but uh, as well as there's some old cues like Starbase 24, Goran Minefield. People kind of cringe when I say it, but those are pretty outdated. They don't even part of a rep, so those either need a revamp or be pulled out. But the uh, but the, the Klingon story content high priority on my list to uh, to update. Defera and Nukara, they're not too bad. Uh, I was actually on Defera a little while ago. I think that's um, they. Uh, What's good about the Farah Nukara is that they we have ground zones for solo, so you have a solo way to earn marks for those reps. So it's a very it's very different experience, I think, for a new player because it's some place they can go. Um, the Farah actually never just got finished. There's actually two more zones in the Farah that we had planned to build that never got finished. Um, I don't know if we'll ever come back to it. I think that we will come back to the Farah when we come back to Borg. I, 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 I hope today, hope to one day come back to a Borg storyline. Because, I mean, we have Borg in our game, but it was, you know, it was kind of our launch content. It was our launch, you know, bad guys at the end of the game and, and our old missions were bad. And then we revamped those, right? We mastered those. If you haven't had a chance to play those, are really good now. Those four or five Borg episodes at the end. But we never made a whole, like, you know, expansion or big thing about the Borg. And um, so I think we've, they've never been gotten true justice. And so I want to put... They, we've had a lot of Borg in our game, and I would put them on the back burner for a long time. Um, but when we do come back to them, I want to bring them back in a really interesting way, and that would probably be a good time to take a look at, at the Farah. So it, probably not for a while. Ground battle zones, adventure zones are really expensive, and it's not a small project to make one or to redo one. Um, so I don't anticipate seeing those being modified for for a while. Um, what is it about the ground battle zones or that that make them so expensive? Do you mean uh, by comparison to like a space battle zone? Well, battle zones in general are expensive. Ground ones are far more expensive because the art investment alone is tremendous to build a zone that mm. big. I mean, if you watch your, you know, if you play our featured episodes. The, the ground content's usually short because it's it's expensive to build an, an, uh, an interior, especially one that's unique as opposed to using existing parts. So it's right. um it's uh it's just very very expensive. It's, uh, so building building a uh, building a ground adventure zone, I think it's like um it's three three uh, it's eighteen it's eight like eighteen weeks I think it's three sprints. The sprints is six weeks. So yeah, it's like 18 weeks, so what's, whatever that is, it's like three or four months um, to build uh, like the Kabali Ground Adventure Zone, just from art. Um, and building the contents to make it interesting so there's stories and boss and things that unlock and making sure that you can't go somewhere that doesn't break something and making sure that it's fun and there's things to do that isn't just walking around killing stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, that's... Building, that's building non-linear content. Building an episode, we've got the formula for that down pat. It's very linear, our stories, our, our epi- featured episodes. And mm-hmm. you, you go through and, yeah, there's bugs, but it's, and, there's problem, and there's challenges associated with it. But it's a pretty self-contained experience. Building an adventure zone, I mean, it's different. Like there's adventure zones, there's battle zones, depending on what you want to use for terminology. Usually, generally, we call battle zones when it's anything that is um, territory control-ish, right? Kind of like the... Yeah. Uh, the space battle zone, either the, the Badlands or the Bot Crown battle zone, which is the first one, uh, or the Undine one. So there's little 
little mini games until you do something until you own, own this this uh, piece of territory and then you win and then the boss shows up and you fight them. That's, that's what we call battle zone. And then there's the adventure zones, which is everything else, which is Defara, Nukara, and Uranus, and, um, and Nimbus. Um, so they're just very, they just take a long time to build and to make to make fun as opposed to just making killing fields really easy. Just make a giant, giant map and just throw a bunch of spawns and just run around and splatter. But, um, you know, think about all the things you do on Uranus, right? So there's you know, these water things and you're collecting rock samples and then these alerts go off and then you go, you go and protect from these giant, protect the colonists from these giant scorpions. And only meanwhile, missions are unlocking. You go deeper and trying to learn the story of the of the uh, of the Iconian gateway at the at the core of the planets and um, and you know then you've got these water the, the water pigs I forgot what we call them but we just call them the water pigs you know giant octopus looking guys I completely forgot their names trying to understand the mystery of that guy where you're doing doing other sample testing there's lots of things going on there actually that that one ha doesn't even have a lot of combat and that was intentional we wanted to make that feel a little a little like you're feel more like building than destroying but man what goes on in the uh, in the in the in the Kabali adventure zone and the, that that's that was that was rough that was a lot of work we spent a lot of time making because that's story driven adventure zone and you, as you move along then the next section opens up I still have not completed that oh it's I, so good I have so good far. well because I tend to I, I tend to play solo and I yeah. can't make it through solo because I'm not good enough at ground do you, do you find that people do that, or do you have any visibility of you know how many people have actually made it to the higher we levels? Ha of we that? have that data, but I don't think that we've mined it or looked at it. Yeah. Um, so uh, you find like the last couple, the last couple bits of it too challenging, because I know the, the the final fight when you get to the ship at the, the top of the mountain can be oh, pretty challenging. Nowhere near. <laughs> nowhere near. But yeah. but like I said, I tend to play solo. You and probably I just, will do better I, now because now that you're level sixty, because I think that's like a level fifty eight zone, and so it's mm. it's uh, no. so you feel a little more more powerful <laughs> no. now. No. <laughs> Every once in a while, I have a go, and it just doesn't get any better. What? I th yeah. I, th I think it's just not it's not my skill set. Okay. And you do w uh, on the occasions when I've had somebody with me and just been like right i want to bash through a couple of kobali adventure zone maps and i've had you know even just one other person with me makes a huge difference well i think the, that's... the best the best part of it is the reward of the, the you know the episodes to the story episodes the instances that you unlock along the way that tells yeah. the story which is which yeah. really which is the really good reward for that so yeah. so I, I hope you can get an understand imagine this, the scope of how actually expensive and how big it is to make something like mm -hmm. that we will keep making more, but I think that the cost to make, the cost to fix one is probably not that far off as opposed to just making a new one. So it's going to be pretty hard to go back and update the Far and Nukara, but unless there's a really compelling reason, like I said, if we go back into seeing like more board content, then maybe we, we update the Fara. Um, but uh, on a side note, now with the new skill revamp coming out, hopefully that people will not feel. I'm just only going to invest in space. You can invest in grounds just as well. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to steal your skill points away, put them in space, and make people a little more balanced for a uh, for ground as well. So, I hope to. I hope you get a chance to to, uh, to explore that content because it's really that's good stuff. So, maybe maybe Elijah would like to come back and and, and join you and help you uh, finish that zone. Um, that might be interesting. I don't even remember what gear I have on my ship. And I'm afraid that I'm going to log in after the skill revamp 
and it's gonna be am i gonna feel like it's obsolete am i gonna feel like i have to start over again no why would you why would we no. do that i'm just curious you're just gonna have why you're, everyone's gonna be at the same place you're gonna have to learn the new skill system like everybody else i think everyone gets like uh, one or two re skill respect tokens for free and and i think gold members get get more or something i can't remember what we did um but uh the skill system is way more uh parsable intuitive. way more Hmm? Way more intuitive than, than the other one, than, than the previous one. It's much more like the tree, so it'd be pretty straightforward. Hopefully, we make you angst a little bit on, I want them all. That's kind of the point. Um, that you can't have them all, you get to, but hopefully, all the choices are good ones. And of course, we've split, split up ground and space, so you don't have to decide which where to put your points. So, um, so people won't say, oh, I never didn't spec for ground. Well, you now can spec for ground and space equally without any problems. So we talked a little bit um, earlier about the Adventure Zones, um, and you talked about New Romulus. Geo Rick Zabarisk on the forums asked, when are you going to give the Romulans independence? They have independence. Done. Independence is <laughs> a standalone <laughs> faction. Yeah, I think as a standalone faction, so you don't, it's not... We're not. Um, it's not going to happen. Yep. It's intentionally not going to happen, so... It is more like it is more likely that the Klingons join the Federation than the Romulans becoming a separate and separate faction. It is not sustainable to have separate factions. Not enough people play the different factions equally. Um, so uh, and 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 it's just it's, it's it's very expensive to maintain content and completely cost ineffective to maintain content for a faction that nobody plays. So. Um, and I'm not gonna not gonna get dragged into a cart before the force argument because we invested a lot in the Klingons and people only a small portion of people play Klingons, um, yeah. and uh, and the same thing for Romulans. But the whole point of making those of making Romulans the way it was, and probably any new faction that we make would probably play the same way. That you start with your independent starting zone, you have your own independent starting experience, and then you you come back in and then you join the main the main contents, the main storyline. Um, because I, we just can't keep making every time that there's a new that we make new story that we have to make three different stories for everybody and then four different stories for everybody. It's the whole point is and the whole point of Star Trek, the whole point of the, of the story of Star Trek is bringing everybody together, right? And so that's the whole point of uh, understanding each other's differences and being able to work together. You know, that's the whole point of the edict. So um, no, we won't. We will not be doing that. Um, so, sorry. So should I? Should I or should I not say Cardassians? <laughs> well, we uh, asking whether or not whether or not we'll have Cardassians in the game. A yeah, are we going to have playable Cardassians? I think and it's very likely. Faction. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a good possibility that you'll see playable uh, playable Cardassians um, in the game. They won't be a separate third faction fighting the other two or three factions. They will. Um, you know, if we did Cardassians, we would. They would probably added very similar to the way we added Romulans to the game. Um, or it could be a, a separate way, like we've talked about doing doing like doing them Death Knight style. So you have a separate faction, they have their own starting experience, but you can't but they start at level fifty, right? If you played like familiar with WoW Death Knights. So um, I mean that's just not necessarily applying to Cardassians, but another way that we could add another faction to the game is Death Knight style as opposed to starting, because this starting faction is hard Starting faction is good because it brings it's a it's an acquisition play. It allows us to get new people into the game because like hey start at 
hey, you're going to get to play as a Romulan now, and it's starts at level one, and everyone's in this playing starting field. It's a whole new experience. A whole bunch of new players come to check that out. That's a really good strategy. Um, really expensive for us because we have to make a new tutorial. Tutorials are the most expensive piece of content you can make because they have to be mm. perfect. They have to be perfect. They have to perfectly flow. They have to make sense in the story. They have to uh, cut scenes have to be really, really high quality. They just take a lot of time. They, um, so, so it's expensive, and all the story the content that comes afterwards is expensive too because there's little tutorials and those along the way as well. But you can have a starting, you can have a new starting faction that starts at say level 50, and you don't need a tutorial. Uh, you can have a starting mission, you don't need a tutorial because everyone's already played the game, so I don't need to teach you how to shoot or how to do whatever, how to equip gear. So that's a different way to do that. Um, but I think that. Oh, I see what you mean. Do you mean as in you would only be able to start a new character once you've passed yes. level fifty? Yes. If you're level fifty, I see, I if you're level fifty, then you can create this new character, and the character starts at level fifty, right? Gotcha. As opposed to level one. Um, so, or they could start at level one once you've passed level fifty. But it's a it's a different it's a different strategy. It's that's more of a retention type strategy. But to answer your question, could we ever see Cardassian? And absolutely, I think I think is uh, is. Is um, there are there are not too many diff- different starting faction races things that we could possibly add to Star Trek Online before we start really you know dipping into some really obscure stuff. So I think that I think you could do Cardassians. I think you could do I think you could do Jem'Hadar. I think you could do Borg. I think you could do maybe someone in the Delta Quadrant. Um, you might be able to do Ferengi. Um, that would be really weird, but I don't know. But then after that, that would I, be so fun. It could be fun. I'd, it would so be very fun. different, very different experience. It would be <laughs> yeah. to start as a Ferengi. Um, so there's a few races out there that could be their own faction um, in some form or another. They will just join to the main game at one point. Um, there's probably a few others out there that you could do. Um, but uh, there's not too many. But Cardassian is definitely a, a really good contender for that model. Would you ever consider doing like a not necessarily a Ferengi expansion, but you know, as a mid-season update, actually create a Ferenginar and have it based off you know like a casino world or something, and add in a bunch of mini games that a lot of players have been asking for for a long time, like poker, Tongo. We already have Dabo in the game, but you know things like that. I've wanted to add a kind of Ferenginar, uh, you know, sector block thing with lots of uh, Ferengi-driven story for a while now, um, especially having Aaron Eisenberg and Chase Masterson as as friends of the friends of the company, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 we've talked with uh, with Armin Shimmerman and Max. Uh, if I can say anything right, Kronichek, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Kronichek. Yeah. Um, he schooled part, me once. Yes, it's such it's a, it's it's, t- it's a tough one to say. Um, so and and because they're all all of those guys are friends together, so you know, we've we've talked. So I've wanted to do that for a while. Um, I don't know what form that might take, but I think it would be I think it'd be fun. I think it would probably be it would be. I have no I have no way to fix fit that into any of our sto- main story plans. So if it was to go into the game, it would be a very kind of one off experience, which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. I think we actually could use some of those. This is just this kind of like small little independent story arc and uh, an experience. Um, and uh, although I had thought about Dabo, I hadn't really considered the idea of that where you add a lots of different gambling or different types of mini games. But I do think that's a good idea. So if we do go in that area. I think I'll, I'll keep that 
we'll keep that in mind. Cool. So when looking, you know, we talked a little bit about celebrating the 50th anniversary and then, you know, how you plan things several years in advance. Stowe FSK asks, what is the long-term outlook for the game looking like? Basically, are we going to get a third expansion, uh, exploration revamp? Do we have content planned for the next XYZ months, years, etc.? So I've already answered some of this, and I'll, so I'll, I'll try. I'll try to be brief. This, there, there eventually will be a third expansion, and we, we we know when that will be. But we also know when there's going to be a fourth and a fifth expansion. So we plan our stuff really far out, as well as our seasons in between. And the longer further you go out, the more you know, more more uh, obscure it gets. But um, I can't tell you when these will be or what they will be. But but somewhere in there, yes, you'll probably see things like. Crafting updates, exploration updates, hopefully PvP updates, and and new systems to the game and revamps of old systems and revamps of old content. We will continue to release story content. Um, we're also looking at trying, looking at ways to make make content more replayable. It's very expensive to make a featured episode that most people will play once. Um, some people will replay their favorites, but for the most part, they play it. It's disposable. Um, so looking at ways to make content more repeatable um, or building content that is repeatable, that isn't just a queue. So uh, I don't want to elaborate into what that means, but uh, uh, and largely also because I don't have all the final answers on it, but, but we are, we are, we are um, think, think like some of our adventure zones. The, uh, I think they have a lot of legs. They're big, expensive investments, but there's a lot of play to them. But they do end, so I want to make them end less. Um, but uh, you can always look forward to new stories, new celebrities coming in for those stories. Um, and uh, I think that you might see a change in the cadence of the way we release things. But there will always be, there will always be new story content to play as well as new expansions and, um, and seasons. So um, with the 50th anniversary, we've got a lot of big stuff planned. I'm very excited. I'm just, I'm, I hate that I can't talk about it. Um, but it's going to be, it's, 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 I think we're going to uh, surprise a few people. Be, uh, and, and we've got plans all the way through 2017, 2018. So, um, no, no signs of slowing down or, 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 uh, or anything like that. So, um, well, we've been talking a lot about, you know, bigger systems like the, the queues and, and, you know, mission content and exploration. But, you know, one thing that, that I always remember or remind myself is, you know, when, when Steven D'Angelo was EPing for that time, um, one of his goals was quality of life improvements. Is there anything on your radar in terms of quality of life changes to systems? We have a few questions that will come up um, from the forums regarding things like, uh, the loadouts, the loadout system will, for instance, my, my two asks whether traits can be added to the loadout system. I really hope that we can have traits added to the loadout systems this year, but I think that mantra, that, 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 that goal is still one that exists within, within the team. Um, and that is that, that, yeah, we always spend some time improving old stuff and, you know, and, and, and and adding more and more quality of life features they 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 tend to trickle out they're harder to they're not something that often gets a lot of buzz but they're but I think they add a lot to individual play experience so um, I can't really think of anything right now other than 
the skill revamp and the crafting and crafting updates that we want to add and improvements to the upgrade system. But I'm sure there's already like a handful of stuff that's coming out with 11.5 and then shortly after that. Um, a lot of UI, I could tell you a lot of UI updates we have planned. So some of that stuff was already started work started working on big UI updates. And I think well, that'll be this. I'm this I'm quite interested in because from what I understand, the UI is quite um, intensive on the system, and I know that that there have been some criticisms in the past of people who are having performance issues turning off the UI and all that kind of other kind of things. Um, it, so are you going to be looking at just the the actual user experience part of it, or are you also looking at the back end and the, the system performance impact on that? Actually both. Actually both. Okay. The, the, uh, the, the, the system as a whole is, um, is heavier than it needs to be, and so yes, it can affect performance. So so wanting to improve that way outside of my purview, but there is there has been some work uh, on that, um, as well as completely changing the flow of things. Not changing anything about the design, but just kind of you know moving things around. I'm sure most people will love it. Um, some people are going to hate it, just like when we changed the uh, the the, uh, the duty officer stuff, right? We didn't change anything about the design duty officer. We changed the layout and. People didn't didn't like some of those changes. I think most I personally loved it much better. Most people I think enjoyed it. I, I'm 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 just putting that out as a caveat. Yeah, yeah you're probably going to expect some people being a little confused or just I want it the old way. Give me an option to play the old way. Said, well, we're not going to do that because we're going to if we do a an UI revamp overhaul, it will just it, it, it's because also largely because of uh, performance reasons, and we're not going to give it, give it have an option to have have the laggy option. Have the really cool option everyone likes better. So um, I don't. I don't have anything specific. I think that from an artistic standpoint, make it more Elkarzy and more modern looking, um, cleaner. Um, one of the things I know that we've been talking about is our stats page. Like the first like, page on your ship, you see all your stats. That's a mess. And fix some of them are actually wrong. So fixing the bugs there, narrowing it down to the stats that you really care about, and then putting all the all the other stuff, putting out the ones that actually don't matter whatsoever, fixing the ones that are broken, and putting the really obscure ones into a other or advanced, and just kind of cleaning up that entire section of UI. So that that's one thing that we want to uh, we want to clean up. So stuff like that. Throw me some deltas in those tooltips. And some deltas in the tooltips. Yeah, sure. For those that may not know what deltas are. Um, in some MMOs, let's say, for instance, you want to upgrade your gear. When you hover over the tooltip for the gear, the new gear or the old gear will show you the difference, the variations yeah, between... that's what you're talking about, the deltas. Yes, it'll show you yes. what, the impro- what you may be sacrificing, what you'll be improving, um, and Star Trek Online never has, has never had that, and I think that it would be really great, especially for casual players, right, who may not be familiar with... Uh, you know the world of the MMO they can see clearly that all right this deflector dish is going to grant me an additional plus x to blah 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 Um, you know when right now you kind of have to either open up a second window maybe pull it up on a website uh, a mobile phone which is why I'm sad the gateway never got developed further but uh, I think Delta would be uh, would be fantastic. I think it'd be like just one of those quality of life improvements that would really, really be welcomed. Yeah, I don't think you'll get any arguments uh, from from me or the team on that. So, um, yeah, if if we were to do a, a a major UI overhaul, that probably would be a large part of it. I don't I don't know 
when when or what in what form or how staged a UI advance would take form. But I know that we've done done some work on it, um, and uh, it is it is something is one of those things that's it's also one of those things that is a little bit outside of design, right? It's kind of it's kind of programming and, and art, looking at it, and then all of a sudden, and then so there's a lot of like prototyping being done right now. Okay, uh, this is a, a real change from what we've been asking before, but um, I think it's uh, it falls under the miscellaneous category, but I think it's important to ask because um, I've been wondering the same thing. Uh, Bobby Dazzlers asked on the forums. Uh, there's been a lot of confusion over the seasonal event ship project and vouchers. Can you confirm that unfinished projects from previous events will be deleted before the next event and at any rate would not accept the vouchers next time the event comes around? Or can you confirm you will not be able to use saved vouchers from previous events on the next one? Yes, the, the, the idea is that each event is its own project, its own vouchers. You can't roll them over. Um, you can... Uh, I forgot something about how we... I think if you... If you have an old project incomplete, I can't re honestly, I'm, and I apologize, I can't remember if we're, if we're canceling those old projects or I'll let you finish them with new vouchers. But you can't, but you can't use the main goal is you can't use last year's vouchers to the new project. That's just gotcha. that's, that's been really um, that's been really detrimental to our numbers. It's been really detrimental to to uh, the whole point of these events. These events are yeah. to come in, play the game. Uh, come in and it's a new event. Everyone participate together. Everyone play for this, you know, four to six weeks together. Everyone's working towards the same thing. And if you really don't want to, you can buy out and spend money, uh, yeah. and uh, or you just play with everybody. And when people are hoarding their, their their currencies from the years before, they come in. Oh, that's what I want. They cash out and they're done. And the event is ruined. It's just ruined. And our, and you can see the you can see that reflected in the numbers, both in revenue and in participation. And so it kind of defeats the spirit of what the event is. And so that's that's why we're doing that. Um, I honestly, and I apologize again, I can't remember if we let you keep, you have an old project, if you can continue the old project using the new vouchers if you'd like. Um, yeah. I don't remember. I think I, that's I think, where a lot of the confusion yeah. is coming from. Like I've got from the last crystalline cataclysm, I mm -hmm. think I have a half finished project. Yeah. So um, I know uh, that, that thus, has been thus far since... It has been clarified. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, I remember seeing the post. That's different to the seasonal events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the seasonal events are the anniversary, the summer, and, and the winter and events. Rise All yeah, right. Yeah. The, the crystal shards, the vault things that we just got are completely separate. You can continue those the next time around. There's oh, no fine, problem. fine. There's but, it's, the ships. Yeah. corrected. Yeah, they're but basically the, the same. Yeah, they're basically the same prize every year. So you can keep. Yeah. You can, they, okay, fine. Yeah. It's 50,000 lithium, so. You get a little yeah, bobble, you get a little bobble like, like a shotgun or a bridge officer or something, but effectively it's 50,000 lithium, so... Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but for something like the like the, the, the summer event, the Ryza event, mm -hmm. if you had last year's partially completed, um, I think... So, so far since we've made the change where it's a different currency every year, um, each of the first instances of that event would allow you to complete last year's event with this year's voucher... Uh, but I think the concern is that going forward, you're just going to lose it at the end. I will, I will get you uh, a definite answer because I honestly, I apologize, don't remember what the decision was on that. I'll get you a definite answer before your 
before your, your airtime so you can add that uh, or, okay. or in the next episode. Um, uh, I don't remember yeah. if we're killing the old projects, um, but I don't remember. But at the main, the but, but we do, but we will kill the we do we do reset the vouchers. So you have right. to you you have to if you want to continue playing. If you want to continue earning, you have to play starting at the same date, spending the same amount of time as everybody else. You can't hoard mm-hmm. from the previous year. That's really okay. the intention. One thing while we're on this, I'm just curious if you know, will the buyback store be available every year if you have extra vouchers from the previous year? You know, like last year for the summer event, you could buy spec points. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to bring those back in. That was, that was a, uh, a, a goodwill for, hey, we're changing the system. And so because this is the first time you've heard of this, Here's an mm-hmm. opportunity to to because uh, you had plans for that because you spent time with it now you can't do anything with it you you can go ahead and buy something you know buy something you know some good some good spec points or some you know other really good numerics or whatever you want with that and so that was kind of like here's a goodwill we're changing the system and we know it's confusing so here it is but now that you know that this is what we do this is the way the system works that's you, you there's there's we're we're not going to that would be a bad precedent to set to go ahead and, all right, well, I'm just going to now them down my event. I'm going to load up so that we'll get all these free spec points for next year. Because now the people will start taking advantage of that system. That was just a, right. that was a good, that was a, that was a good will by them. Okay. We talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the KDF and revamping their story, but we do have a question from Crypticop. Many players have been asking for Fed and KDF players to be able to team up together since the war is now over between these factions. Are there any plans to make changes like this into the game? Yeah, I've had that's 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 been one of my wish list things. It's not something that I can do from a, from a design point of view, um, as far as data is concerned. But uh, there's there's some there are some technical constraints. But yes, uh, I'm sad it hasn't happened yet. But we still I still want to do that, and I think it would happen once you reach level sixty, or even if maybe even something that happens after you after you've played a certain piece of content. That now you can, as opposed to, it won't be something you could do at say level one or level ten, right? Right. So at some point, probably, ideally, you know, at uh, at uh, you know perhaps perhaps the perhaps the anniversary episode or perhaps the Iconian War finale, um, one of those would be a, a good place to say, okay, we're kind of we have a uh, we have a ceasefire, we have a truce, we're not part of the same faction, but we can team up together in. Uh, uh, in in public queues, for instance, or in, even in episodes. So, um, I mean, you can already do that in private queues, but um, but you can't do it in public queues or or uh, episode. So yes, I, I I I think that would be um, I think that would be a lot of fun for everybody. I think it'd be really fun to be able to play an episode with your Klingon friend. So along the same lines, uh, cross faction armadas. Any updates? Yeah, that's that's along the same lines. That's. Um, that that's I, I think that would probably be a nice I think we could probably package that all together as now you can kind of do all that there's there's um there's no design problems with allowing that um, mm-hmm. cross faction armadas there may be some technical I'm pretty well there are technical constraints I just don't understand necessarily what they are they're they're kind of they're kind of they're technical so I'm not going to begin to speculate on what exactly they are but um so yeah. It's a good, it's a good, good, good to have those reminders. So go back if I play on Mondays. Is why can't we do this? We'll see if we can make that happen. There's a, there's right now. 
lot on the team's plate because we do, like I said, saying we have a lot, so many big things coming out that people are working really hard and some really big stuff right now. So, big stuff going on right now. Right, big stuff. So, uh, that's a American Dad reference. I'm sorry. Okay, you're, you're talking to two people who live overseas and probably don't watch American Dad. <laughs> you get British Dad over there? Is that what they got? Is that a different series? Uh, <laughs> no. No, just Father Ted. Okay. <laughs> Which, um, if you haven't seen it, is no. uh, is a different thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so, Elijah Winters, have you ha- gotten any other burning questions? If you were to, if you were to have added a level to Flappy Bird, what would? Look, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm being trolled. You can't, can't even get it out. Um, well, I do have a final question because this is becoming uh, something of a tradition uh, when we have anyone from Cryptic on the show. Um, what's your favorite Easter candy? Because last time we talked about Halloween candy. Yes, we talked about that awful, nightmarish candy corn last Yeah. Time. Oh, my gosh. Um, so um, I, don't, I, I don't like a lot of commercial candies or, or, or treats. Um, there, there, there are very few that I like. I, I, um, I tend to just really like dark chocolate so a good mm-hmm. dark chocolate uh, just good plain man. dark chocolate or a dark chocolate with perhaps with almonds but for the most part just plain dark chocolate is fine i really uh like say like dark chocolate peanut butter cups those if you can find those there's a few brands will make dark chocolate peanut butter cups as opposed to milk chocolate ones that's that's a that's that's a really favorite of mine as well um okay. but i generally don't like any like Tin foil Easter eggs or tin foil Easter so, uh, bunnies or any things that's made with cheap chocolate. I've got a pretty big chocolate snob. I like really high quality chocolate. Um, yeah. Where are you on Peeps? I I am a vegan and cannot eat Peeps. Oh, okay, fine. Because <laughs> they are so made, you can abstain from, from that. Abstain answer. from the boiled calcium you can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you know what Peeps is a controversial question yeah. at the best of times. But uh, so. but uh, I, like I'm not generally a fan of marshmallow. I mean, the vegan issues aside, because there are vegan marshmallows that actually made from actual marshmallow plants as opposed to from cows. But it's uh, I I don't tend to like really sugary, gooey things. I tend to like candies that are more that are more cookie based like 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 a Kit Kat, right? So uh, we're gonna make the requisite cookie cupcakes joke. Again. Oh no, not that. Yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I I tend to I tend to like things that are that are that are like that. Like I like like again like mentioned before I like cookies. Um, and I like cupcakes, but I don't like cupcakes with like all that icing on it. I just like a little bit of icing. So so I t- tend to like all that like thick gooey marshmallow or anything that's too frosting or just plain sugary or buttercream kind of stuff like that. But when it comes to a candy, like I've just started, I just like got into, it's hard to find here, like Tim, Tim Tams, Tim Tams, Tim Tams? Tim Tams. Yeah. They're, they're Australian, aren't they? Yeah, I think they're Australian. So we've, yeah. uh, um, I, I've, uh, I found a couple out here, but um, they're basically a giant Kit Kat effectively with a different, slightly different kind of flavor to it. But they, um, but so they're not like a Tunnock's a caramel Kit Kat. Wafer. How dare you compare it to a Kit Kat and it doesn't compare to Kit Kat? <laughs> it's a, it's, you, Give you, me a break. Do you, do you, ah! you like the Kit Kat? Oh. I'm, here all night. I'm here all night, folks. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, but dark chocolate Kit Kats are really good. I really like those. So, But um, 
bottom line, plain goods, high quality, not super bitter, like maybe like Ooh. 60 cow, 60 cacao, uh, uh, co- 60 cocoa, 50% cocoa dark chocolate. Probably have you thing. had it with sea salt in? Sea salt? Uh, not really my thing. That's... No, but have you had it in the dark chocolate? Yeah, I've had dark chocolate and sea salt. Not not really oh. my thing. It's uh, oh. um, that's why I, dark chocolate pretzels. Okay. Fantastic. See now you get the idea. Say like a little bit of a little, little bit crunchy with the chocolate. Yeah. Dark chocolate pretzels, dark chocolate, dark chocolate, uh, uh, co- you know, cookies or, uh, or things like that. So. What's yours? What's your can? What, it's your can. Mine? You yeah, no. This is this is this is this going both I was ways. trying to get out without asking that, without having to answer well, that. Well, I'll um, I'll have to answer that. Let's see. Uh, no, honestly, a bit of dark chocolate actually is probably the best. I like peeps for traditional factor, but they're hard to find. You can't really get them over here. And I never liked them when I lived in the States, so I think that's more nostalgia than anything else. Yeah. Um, I like my yeah. one Cadbury egg, and that's it. I can't have more than one. No, Beyond no. The, it's just, but just one. you start to just feel one. sick by yeah, the Yeah, yeah, but just one <laughs> once a year. I don't know what's in that. It's just, it's and just bizarre. That's it's it. fondant. It's fondant icing. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, it's like that's in my realm of... Mm, <laughs> I'll take a peanut butter cup. That'll do, that's that's, okay. that's that's gonna be really good. Dark chocolate peanut butter cup. Yeah. Winters, Winters is like Guinness. 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 Oh yeah. Wakes up on Easter morning. Cracks open <laughs> a pint of Guinness. <laughs> Find the Guinness. Where's the Guinness? <laughs> you know what I have had? I've had I've had recently like chocolate beer. I'm not really a beer fan. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. a chocolate like, stout. Yeah, yeah chocolate what? stout. Yeah, really yeah. nice. Chocolate stout over mm-hmm. over ice cream. So. It's not. It isn't. Ooh. It doesn't have chocolate in it. it does have chocolate in it? Oh, it, it does. does have chocolate. Yeah, those in it. Well, the ones that I've had have not had chocolate in it. They just taste. Uh, they taste like chocolate. Is it? Is it? Is it? I assumed it was brewed with chocolate. Is it not? Oh, no, I don't know. I'm thinking the, I, I've had a double chocolate stout that it doesn't have any chocolate in it. But it I mean, I think it depends on which on who the brewer is. But the the breweries I've had ha, they actually use cocoa. I, I assume they well did infuse it. What 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 I what I got introduced to is putting that over over vanilla ice cream, so making like a float because in that sugar, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a beer float, right? Um, yeah. And I, I use coconut ice cream instead of dairy, but but all of a sudden that chocolate flavor comes out. Really, all of a sudden, you can really then notice it because of the extra, because of the sugar from the from the ice cream. So that's mm. that's been something that I've uh, indulged in a few times. It's been kind which of which style are you drinking? Do you it's know? Rhino. It was Black okay. Rhino or something like that. So like a local vegan beer out here. So are there any questions that you have for us, Al? Well, I've been trying. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, my first question is, um, what would and and if you tell me tooltips, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you in the nose. But what is get you what what would get you back in the game, and how can you be the producer of Party One without playing? Well, I'll answer the second question first. <laughs> uh, the for for starters, Kenna and Winters do a fantastic job producing the show as well. So it's not just it's not just one anymore. It's it's really the three of us right now. Um, Kenna does so much. Since I have stepped back, I mean, I li- I literally dumped it on her lap, and she just ran with it. Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. But Priority One has also branched now, right? So we're n- we're not just covering Star Trek. Yeah, anymore, I like right? that. We're, we're I like covering... the new format, covering more, just being more of a Star Trek podcast. And... Right. Yeah. So we're hoping to reach out now. Uh, many of our audience members uh, are still diehard uh, Star Trek Online 
players who listen to the show because of our coverage for Star Trek Online. Um, but we encourage them to share it with their other Star Trek friends because we want it to be accessible to everybody. So, um, so I don't have to play Star Trek Online necessarily because I'll, I'll handle things like uh, like on screen with Cookie. Uh, Trek it out is is generally shared, um, but cannot Winters and Mark really focus on on covering Stone News. Um, what'll get me back to playing Star Trek? I'm you know honestly it really had little to do with the game and more to do with with just general burnout. You know I mean it was and then on and then also getting sucked into that DPS whirlwind. Um, it well, really you don't need to get sucked into that. Like you've been no, you've I don't. Gave your users the same the same advice. Just heed the same advice. I don't get sucked into it. That's that's a, that's a black hole. It's right, for, right. Certain players really enjoy that that game. That's their own mini game out of that. But. but it became it became addicting. It became like this. Like, where am I? Am I at forty thousand? No, can I get to fifty? No, sixty. It doesn't stop. And the stress of that, it really was, it, it got to a point where it was just, it became stressful to play the game and, and be always comparing to, to somebody else. So, you know, c- combine that with, uh, with just general game exhaustion, because Star Trek Online was really the only game I was, pl- I've, I've, I had played. I haven't played any other game since Star Trek Online. I've dabbled in Secret World. I've dabbled in, um, Champions. Um, I even dabbled in, um, Swoltor. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even created a character there. Um, we can all so, coexist. It's cool. We can. No, no, I know. <laughs> I was being um, facetious. So no, it it's very, it had little to do with the game um, or the quality of the game, and just more to do that I, I needed a break. I really did. And so you know, even talking with you and and doing this interview with you now, it get you know, I'm like I'm missing it. Like it's in my in my heart is like oh, I want to log in and and play something now. You know. Um, uh, it's always I'm, it's always my hope. I I, I I totally understand and respect that, right? I mean, it's, it's, I mean the game's game's six and a half years old live, and uh, uh, so that's a long. I don't. I'm. I think you played from the beginning or at least near the beginning. Oh yeah, beta. And beta. so that's that's a long time to be playing a game. But I always hope that. Um, uh, and and surprisingly, I, I although I I don't want to share the numbers. We actually have like data on how long people play, and we have a ridiculous number of people who have played from day one. That are still in the yeah. game, you know. That are still yeah. regulars. It's like that blows away any record of anything else that, that that within Cryptic or anything that or anything that that we're aware of. It's like the stickiness of the game from people who played from the beginning. Um, but uh, it's always my hope that at the very least that that people come back to check out the story and just see, kind of yeah. see the story that goes along and come in and you know, don't have to play it for every tune. And God, you got me saying tune. I hate that word tune. Character. Um, and playing and play or playing it or playing it for three weeks in a row to get all the rewards. Just kind of seeing the story and seeing what the world the universe is doing, um, right. and seeing where it's going, um, and and seeing how how it's tied into the actual into the actual you know the actual canon. So so I hope that you 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 come back and and you give that and you're able to give that uh, experience share that experience with everybody about what it's like to just come back and just play. Like that, and that's perfectly perfectly fine. Uh, I would love it if everybody just kind of did that, and even if you weren't spending money, just came in and and, and see the uh, the stories that we built, because I think that's I think it's something very unique to MMOs about way yeah. the way we the way we tell our stories, the way we tie them in with our with the with the IP. I'm I'm whole I'm not going on a triple. I don't want to I don't want to even see this go revamp. I'm going to wait until it hits on. I don't think you need to. No. Okay. Having seen it, the I've learning dabbled. curve is not high. 
It's not yeah. high, and um, steep, I think in le- as a as a casual player, you will find it intuitive, and the choices that you make, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. I mean, you might not know exactly what your number's going to be by right. clicking that thing, but it it does turn out, I think, pretty close to what it says. You can't. It, it's it's easy when right. you when you log in and it says you have to respec. You'll do it, and you'll be fine. Yeah, don't don't. That's it's, it's not going to break the game if you make the wrong choice. Yeah, the intent of the skill system is to make it more approachable, and it is to scare right. you away, as that uh, that you have to learn something new. It's, I think you'll have. I think it'll be a lot of. You'll have a lot of fun with it. Well, Al, thanks so much for uh, chatting with us about Star Trek Online. Now, what we're going to do is shift gears, and if you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll have access to our very special after-hour show where Al Rivera schools us. On the Borg. Or maybe we'll school him. Well, I don't know about that. I heard you last year. (laughs) (laughs) Don't throw me in with these two. (laughs) Thanks for having me. And uh, uh, we'll see you. uh, we'll, We'll see the Patreon subscribers in just a moment. For this week's astrometric support, we're going to go beyond the final frontier. Indeed, look beyond the limits of the known universe in search of scientific evidence that supports the possible existence of a multiverse. Now, for this multiverse, we're not looking at something like the mirror universe, where your evil twin wears a goatee, but an aspect of something that's called the inflationary multiverse. The concept here is that instead of there being one single Big Bang that creates only one single universe, the one that we're in, that the laws of physics could be consistent with the idea that multiple universes are popping into existence in a much larger kind of space-time in which our universe is just one of a myriad of possible bubble universes. Now, the cool thing is that the laws of physics could be scrambled and set up differently in each of these bubbles, that gravity might be stronger or weaker, or there might be no electric charge. Essentially, this means the laws of nature could be completely different in each of these bubble universes. Now, so far, this sounds like a fun bit of speculative science fiction, but as we know, science is rooted in the ability to observe and experiment things that, by their very nature, have to be within our own universe. How could we take a theory of bubble universes that are beyond the horizon of our observable universe and turn it into some kind of experiment that we could actually conduct within the universe itself? As is so often the case in science, this result comes from a researcher who was looking for anything but parallel universes. Dr. Ranga Chari is a researcher at the U.S. Data Center for the European Space Agency's Planck mission. And in the interest of full journalistic disclosure, is a colleague of mine who's just a couple doors down from me in the office. The primary purpose of the Planck mission was to map out the cosmic microwave background radiation, sort of the afterglow of the Big Bang. Dr. Chari was interested in specific bands of the cosmic microwave background that would correspond to the glow of hydrogen gas in the early, early universe. To his surprise, he found three regions with oddly high amounts of glow at this band that would correspond to regions of hydrogen gas literally thousands of times denser than the surrounding areas of the universe. Now, according to the inflationary theory of the Big Bang, this is a distinct no-no. As we understand it, 
In the earliest stages of the Big Bang, the universe expanded so rapidly that it literally would smear out any differences in material from one region of the sky to another. So if the universe should be filled with roughly the same amount of material in all directions of the sky, how can you explain three regions that seem to have received a lot more hydrogen gas than the surrounding areas? This is where the multiverse comes in. If our universe really is just one bubble universe sitting in a superspace of multiple bubble universes springing constantly into existence, then it's possible these universes could influence one another early in their evolution. If one bubble universe nudges up against another, it's possible that material might actually flow from one to another, say from a bubble universe with a much higher hydrogen density than our early universe. So one of the most promising ways to find evidence that there could be other universes beyond our own is to see if they might have created any unusual influence in our own universe at its earliest stages. Now it's important to emphasize that this is only the tantalizing hint of what could be a really interesting result given time and more data. Separating out the cosmic microwave background radiation from all the other things that are glowing in our universe turns out to be very complicated. It's possible that these three unusual regions in the sky are actually just the result of dust contamination from the Milky Way or perhaps some strange galaxies that happen to be along the line of sight. But this result does give us something really cool to look for in future missions that will inevitably map out the cosmic microwave background in much greater detail. If we see the same signal in other datasets, perhaps at other wavelengths that correspond to the glow of hydrogen gas, then we might really be looking at our first solid evidence that there are universes beyond our own to be discovered. If you'd like to read more about this cool result, check out the show notes for this week's episode. That wraps up this week's Astrometrics Report. Back to you guys. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community questions were, what do you think Star Trek Online could do to reinvigorate some of the older, tired cues? How does material from the holodeck remain even after you're out of range of a hollow emitter? And what would your ideal holodeck program include? You know, we did ask about do-it-yourself projects, and we, we barely got anything. I think we had one person say they tried something. I don't... It was very... I, I thought we had one person say they didn't do them. Oh, that's what it is. We had one person say, no, I didn't do a do-it-yourself project. Yeah. So, uh, you guys got to get out there and make stuff, you know? Well, moving on to the feedback... Jeffrey wrote into incoming at priority1podcast.com I have an idea about the unused cues. What if they had a rotating schedule and whenever you weren't in an episode or a queue or a red alert, etc. They had a window on the side like in the summer and winter events that let you know what was about to start and gave you the option to join in from there. Everyone hanging out in ESD or sector space could see it and feel a little urgency to join. Starbase Incursion will start in one minute. Would you like to join? I kind of like that idea. I definitely like the idea of having a sort of a featured or a spotlighted queue that you'd have like a really good reason to join. And it would sort of, I like the idea of announcing it so that everyone can go, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm there. Yeah, because Punch it. Uh, yeah, cause I, 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 I would really like to try some of these cues. And 
A, it would be fun because, I mean, you never know who you'd be paired up with um, unless we get that, you know, matchmaking revamp um, in season 12, like we've been promised, <clears throat> Bordicus. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it would just, uh, I would just, I would love to see a reason, like a real, like, impetus to, to go and play some of those. I was going to say, so that instead of having to open up the, you know, the mission log and then go to your queues there would just be like a little countdown button, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that get spammy though? So I, I kind of like the idea that you were saying that it should be either featured or maybe you can opt in Yeah. and pick the cues that you want to be notified about and then that little window would pop up. I mean, or it could be, you know, like the red alert because, you know, the red alert pops up. Right. I mean, that right. could be considered mm-hmm. spammy. I just have it down in the corner of my or the queue. Yeah, or the queue ends up being uh, like the red alert has is, is location-based. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, then you that's fly interesting. Up, you fly past a location, and oh, there's a red alert here, or it's a queue red alert, or something like that. Well, to be fair, oh. they most of the queues are have a location. If that right, they so, do. They have yeah. a specific. So yeah, if if you can fly to that location and you're traveling somewhere, and all of a sudden you see a notification saying there's a there's a space for a queue here. Do you want to join in? Like you would a red alert, click the button, and boom. Yeah, well, though the problem is, though, lack of interest, though. Yeah, because technically you're already doing in that in the queue list, except that you don't actually have to be physically present in the yeah, whatever star system. Yeah, but, you know, my immersion. How great would it be if I'm flying past my star base, and all of a sudden the star base is under attack? You should fight. True. Run. I don't even play this game anymore. As long as you could do both, though, because if you're like right, yeah. super favorite thing, you know, is down in you know the Aerodon Nebula, <laughs> um, right. no, that no, could no, be a no, pain no, in the right. rear end to have to fly down to the Aerodon Nebula to just do your thing. So, well, it, I mean, think of it like a foundry. Like the foundry, mm. you were able before I stopped playing, you were able to fly up to a. Um, a system and you would get an option to play a foundry mission that happened in that system. Yeah, true. I don't see why we can't do that with the queue. Yeah. And you could still load up the foundry. Yeah, just from list. the foundry mission list. Yeah, so eh, possibility. Moving on to our next piece of feedback from the comment section for episode 262 on priority1podcast.com. ICN 1984 wrote, Regarding the holodeck, I always assumed it was a mix of solid holograms using force fields, as I understand, and replicator tech. I believe that Data even said that about the plants in Encounter at Farpoint. As for what I would love the holodeck to create, we'll move past the adult stuff. Being a history buff, probably recreations of historic events with me in the role of the Observer, certain key battles of World War II, the building of pyramids, various stages of Rome, and Greece at the height of its power. Great show all. For that, just throw out some chroniton particles from your deflector dish and go back in time and watch it. Just go, just go and do it. Yeah. Just do it. But just be careful you don't, you know, squish a butterfly. Step on any butterflies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we want none of the timey we will be wobbly stuff. Yeah. That's going dangerously <clears throat> close to crossover territory, Elijah. <gasps> crossover? Wee! Still never watched Doctor Who. Ooh. Really? Didn't they do yeah. a Star Trek Doctor Who comic crossover? I think they did, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes, they did. And Plain Simple Joel wrote in the comment section on briar21podcast.com As I am a cricket nut, I would make a hollow programme where all the greats played against each other. Australians, as we're the best, against the rest of the world's team. You know what I would do? I would sing at great opera houses throughout the world. Or the universe, because it's a holodeck, right? And we're now, we have neighbours. 
and I'm sure singing happens in other planets, so I would sing at the great opera houses from the galaxy. What would you do, Kana? I don't, I don't really know. It's a bit weird. I I think the problem for me is that you can't, like, secure the hologram, uh, hologram, holodeck. So you wouldn't really want to, like, make some kind of dream world where you could live out your fantasies. Because it would be, like, I like, I like dreaming. I like my dreams, but that's because they're in my head and I don't have to tell anyone about them. And, mm. you know, I... You don't want to be a Barkley. No, no, no. <laughs> Even if his stuff wasn't, like, as weird as it was, because it was weird. Um, or Jordy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even Riker, let's be honest. But, you know, anybody could walk in and kind of be like, oh, that's your deepest, darkest desire. It's, uh, it's weird to me. I, I'd probably use it to, like, learn to ride a horse or go skiing or something. Or probably I would do a lot of, like, video games. Like, could you imagine... Well, maybe Super not Super Mario yeah. in 3D or in a 4D rather. Yeah. Mario Kart in real yeah. life. Yeah. Or like, you know, like Destiny or something would be quite cool, you know, gear yourself up and, you know, shooting down big Martian things. You know, that that kind of stuff would be kind of cool. But yeah, other than that, mm. I'm not sure. What about you, Mark? No, mine isn't anything bigger. Mine is kind of similar to yours, Elijah. I would put myself in whatever role I wanted to be in any Broadway show just for like, like a one night performance. But again, if you couldn't seal the holodeck and like maybe maybe you're belting it out like the Phantom, right? Mm. But like, what if that's your that's your dream and that's exciting? But maybe what if you just like really can't sing, <laughs> and then someone then like walks be doing it. in? But you know, I mean, you should have a safe space to have that fantasy desire. But th- th- let's put a lock on the door. Mm. You know. No, because then what happens is. Well, then it becomes put, a hollow suite, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, then it becomes a hollow suite. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Matthew Getz wrote in uh, in the comment section on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Holodeck remnants that are seen beyond the emitter range, lipstick, snowballs, water, were probably created using replicator transporter technology rather than hollow emitters. That's my hand wave, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I think I that's probably pretty. That. Yeah. Well, what? What's got to be kind of, I don't know, I'd like to see the algorithm that d- d- decides what what is replicated and what is right, yeah. um, just Grammy. Um <laughs> this, There's a subroutine somewhere that says, hmm, is this likely to be thrown out of the holodeck? <laughs> Let's go ahead and replicate that then. <laughs> what I think is interesting is that if it's, if it's being replicated, if it's a, if it's a combination of replication and um, um, sort of like a force field hollow projection thing then that also implies that inside the holodeck you can just have things levitating all the time so that's how magicians do it (laughs) primitive holodeck technology yeah but yeah no i like that theory Senor Albert wrote in our comment section, It is true that the Borg Queen is an extension of the hive mind slash drones trope, but the major issue is the humanizing of the villain. The drones were an emotionless, faceless swarm, and this was what was so terrifying about them when they first appeared on TNG. The addition of a queen that spoke and emoted in a human-like manner made them significantly less frightening. Voyager introduced Seven, Unimatrix Zero, and the Cooperative. All of these made the Borg less mysterious and thus less scary. All of these things were interesting, don't get me wrong, but they did decrease the fear that the Borg originally evoked. Uh, Okay, perhaps, right? It's, It's humanizing, and if the Borg have assimilated thousands of 
lives and thousands of species across thousands and thousands of worlds. Um, it, you'd think that they have more. You'd they'd have more than Klingons and humanoids, or that we would see them on screen at least. Um, so I think that um, I, I can see that. I can see that it 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 diluted the Borg quite a bit. Uh, but at the same time, it opens the door to learning so much about this this particular species that dominate and assimilate everything they come across in in this goal towards perfection. Um, there was an audio book that I came across that kind of talks about the the history of the Borg a little bit. I, it, it, it was interesting. It was an interesting. Listen. I think it's really cute that you're still trying to defend your position. <laughs> I know it's just I, you know I because I, I I think there's a lot of substance to the Borg, especially when when we know so little about them. Look, everyone agreed with me, Elijah, last week. Whatever, Kenna. <laughs> I'm seeing it this one. So what? What? This conversation really needs to happen with someone who wants to teach us a lesson about the Borg, which is. Mr. Al Rivera, who will be joining us in Priority One After Hours, available to our patron subscribers. And bring feedback to a close. Stephen also wrote in the comment section of our website, seriously, do any of you actually watch Star Trek? Of course, use TNG. Picard was all about loading some wacky graphic into Hugh's visual sensor that would blow the collective's mind or some such thing. But then Hugh got all cute and cuddly and decided to send him home in the hopes that his individuality would spread to the rest of the Borg. That spotlight about gas was from the scene where Enterprise is getting pounded by the cloaked bird of prey and Ahura says, the thing's got to have a tailpipe. Oh, I remember that mm-hmm. scene now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the modified torpedo. Emission-seeking torpedo. Last note, I love your show, but please watch the acronym soup. I play STO regularly, but I'm not so into it that I know all the lingo. When you were referencing the Q's, ISA and CCA, I had no clue what you were talking about, and I'm sure there are new or casual players that did either. That happens a fair amount in the show, and it would make the show a lot more accessible to new players if you cut back on the acronyms a bit. Thanks for a great show, as always. Yeah, he makes a good point, actually, because um, I think back to when I first started playing STO, and I was always like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, we'll we'll try and uh, expand that a little bit better. Thanks. And actually, that should also apply not only to things like ISA, like infected space, infected space what? Well, Advanced. technically yeah, it's yeah. called CCA. infected the conduit advanced, right but now, it's the right. space version of it. So I don't know even know how it became ISA, but... It was from the original one. It was infected space um, because it was infected space and then there was infected ground and, and then they, they did their revamp. But they should also go for uh, abilities and the procs and things like that that, that are spoken about. Uh, because not everybody knows what an AOE means, um, yeah. which is area of effect, for instance. Um, so that's some uh, some really great constructive feedback. Thank you, Stephen, for writing in and, and letting us know. Well, we got a ton of feedback this week, and we are sorry we couldn't get through all of it. It just means you got to keep writing in so we can spotlight your feedback next week. So leave us a voicemail by clicking on the SpeakPipe widget on our homepage. And that's in addition to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, our Twitter page at Priority One Pod. And of course, you can always leave us a comment on our website, PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, that wraps it up for episode 263 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community questions. Have you already purchased CBS All Access even though the new Star Trek series is only in development? 
Did we miss any tidbits in the season 11.5 trailer for Star Trek Online? And what's your prediction for what's coming on the 5th of May? And from our on-screen segment, what impact do you think Lore had on Data from this point on? Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so submit your responses for these community questions in the comments section on our website. You can also leave us a comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or tweet us via at Priority One Pod. You can also leave us a voicemail for free via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes, please leave us a review. More importantly, help spread the word about the show. Invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. And if you have some time to spare, please don't forget about our listener survey. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash survey 2016. We appreciate your time very much. Hey, we've gotten some additional reviews on iTunes. Thanks so much, everybody. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com, covering the world of space sims including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you love this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. We'd like to say a very special thank you to Al Captain Gecko Rivera for joining us this week on Priority One and Priority One After Hours. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at johntowery.com. Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, L. To the writer of our skits, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, as Maria DePost and Gavin LeWarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Available for download or streaming on Monday, March 28th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm a... Yeah, I nearly said I'm, I'm Elijah. I'm a canna. I'm a <laughs> I nearly said I'm Elijah. <laughs> I don't even know why. Uh, I'm, channeling, I'm channeling the Cuban overlord. Right. <laughs> where do, I don't even know where I... So I'll just say... It's the design of space docks, Federation and Starfleet logos... Did I say Starfleet? Starfleet. Starfleet. <laughs> you <said> Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that was something that I would just roll off my tongue, but no. Mm. Um, mm, 
Oh god, we don't have any patch notes. Of course no. we don't have any patch notes because we're recording on a Wednesday. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um I don't think th- uh there's nothing to do in tracking the devs. There yeah. was one, but it's one. not really enough. Um yeah. Then hey, Winters isn't here. Yeah. Um, Where is he? Did he sneak off again? He's probably drinking. Probably. No, <laughs> Hi, Winter. Have you rattled the recording a bit recently? Is he awake? Yeah. Hang on. No, nothing. Mm, Sorry. No, they, is that him on the floor? With a Guinness in his hand? <laughs> is he still wearing green from last week? <laughs> yeah, it's still hungover from last week. Oh, let's just leave him then. Let's just leave him. Um, we don't need him. Yeah. Aww. We don't need winters. It's really cat and STO news has now become right. a 21 right. minute segment. Remind, remind me to make sure that winters doesn't edit STO news. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay, let's um Yeah, let's move on. Everyone hanging out Everyone hanging Everyone hanging out, hanging out in I told you today English has been a second language to me. <laughs> Isn't it always? <gasps> oh. I need to go and get aloe vera for that burn. <laughs> Dermal regenerator for that burn. Yeah, we do. I, d- I definitely like the idea. I'm gonna start that. Technically, you're kind of doing that already in the uh, in, in the uh, ah, I can't, what what's it called? <laughs> the, the game list. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next comment, ICN 1984 wrote in the. Oh, com- Rivera, I want my deltas. Then I'll come back to the game. Come on. Your deltas. He'll know. He he knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> okay. And moving on to our next piece of feedback on uh something something and oh I did such a good link there and you ruined it and you know I'm not good with links. What? Oh. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you, you, Mister. What did I do? You do. You interrupted me. Like I had a good oh, link. Sorry. And you know what I'm like. Oh, you mean a like a like segue? a segue into the next thing, and you screwed it up, and now I'm all I'm thrown like, off. Link. I don't. There was no oh, hyperlink on this document. Oh, what are you talking sake, about? That's what I call it. It's a you know a link between bits. <laughs> anyway. As for what I would love the holodeck to create, we'll move past the. I'm gonna say. <laughs> Hmm, I wonder which rated stuff. Probably not G-rated stuff is what he was talking about. I'll say R-rated stuff. That's probably what he meant, right? How about the adult stuff? Yeah. (laughs) No tangents this week. Reign it in, Kenna. Sorry, Mark. Okay. G-rated fantasies, by the way. Um, Holodeck remnants are... Seen beyond the emitter range, lipstick, snowballs, water, were probably created using replicator transporter tech rather than holler. Holler. Holodeck rem. <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> <laughs> It had to come sooner or later, Elijah. <laughs> yeah, no. We're Holodeck so proud rem- of you. <laughs> <laughs> Holodeck remnants. Our little boy's growing up. <laughs> So SR Albert wrote also in the comment section on priority1podcast.com. Is it Senor Albert? Maybe it's Senor Albert. Senor Albert? Or Senior Albert. Uh, no, it's SR Albert. Sir Albert. Hold on, I'm getting a call from California. Give me a second. Oh, for- <laughs> 
oh yeah it's just my you know my people calling from LA and I just it's really important I have to take this just no, I, hang on I a minute I thought it was I was hoping it was going to be somebody important it's oh, fine more important someone. than us recording a podcast it's fine we'll just play the elephant music no you go you do you Elijah I sorry I thought it was uh locking in our table for final for Pete's sake oh that'd be nice all right, um, all right so go, I'm sorry go ahead Senor Albert <laughs> Ole. I don't want to say Senor Albert. Senor Albert. You should say Senor Albert. <laughs> Senor Albert. Should, yeah, no, really I will. Should. I'm going to say Senor. Senor Albert wrote in the comment section on Priority One Podcast. I'm going to say on our website because we said that a lot. The addition of a queen that spoke and emoted led in a humor. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody noticed that, did they? Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, I started doing that. And I thought, ooh, that's a bit creepy. Because that's scary. Anyway. <clears throat> the addition of. <laughs> You'll have to tune yeah. into our. Uh, never mind. That's yeah. Nice try, though. Should I do a shameless <laughs> plug? We can do a shameless plug. Cue the shameless plug. Uh, no, don't bother because we, we've already done the shameless. Have we done the shameless plug? We can do a shameless plug. Yeah. Yeah. It's the definition. It just means you gotta keep writing in so we can spotlight your feet. Spotlight? Spotlight. spotlight. Yes, yeah. We do like it, so spotlight. Spotlight. We just come up with uh, a new term. So leave us a voicemail by. Uh, Did I get that right? The Warren, yeah. Warren, okay. Thanks to the compu- computer. <laughs> Thanks to the computer. <laughs> Where's your music? <laughs>